0: Welcome, lords and ladies, to our latest episode where we talk about all things vintage in the hobby. And I am holding seventeen pounds of white metal in
1: the show that is known as Trapped Under Plastic, the coping mechanism for the financially irresponsible.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks for that intro. You're welcome. Water bear and Don. All right, so we gotta have a guest today. Don Haney in the house. It's me, Don. Who the hell are you?
1: <laughs> why I'm in my just basement, a dude? I'm just a dude, uh, an old timey, an old timey Warhammer guy, uh, and uh, I thank you for having me on the show. First of all, absolutely you guys welcome, are great. welcome. I enjoy. it. Uh, I want to say real quick, uh, Minnesota has a long tradition of hobby enthusiasts. It goes back quite a ways. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Excellent. Um, and you guys are are continuing that tradition, so so that's why I thought it was great to be on this show. Dude, so,
2: I love being a part of that culture. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about like like family or like kind of like a pseudo family and having like rituals and kind of keeping rituals up. I love that so much.
1: Going to the hobby store. Everybody knows who you are, you know, Hey guys, how's it going? So it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I wanted to be on the show today. I wanted to talk to you guys about sort of the history of golden demons. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am a golden demon winner. From, from way back in the day. Look at this. From 97. 97. Look at this. From 97. Scott, and, uh, were you even born in 97?
2: Yes. Yeah, some five. of your audience
1: probably, uh, <laughs> is right here. they're like, who's this old-timer?
2: And I bet so, some people are like super jazzed to see you, too. Because well, they're like, me. finally, someone who's not an idiot on the show. Well,
1: I don't know. Well, that's yet to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that goes, right? Uh, no, but uh, I just wanted to share some of my works with you and kind of talk about the history of, of the gold. Golden Demon and, and some of the, the old stuff. So I um, brought some things to share today and uh, but kind of going back in the history. So in 97, I went to Baltimore, uh, the Golden Demon in Baltimore, and I took this, uh, this piece here, which is uh, the battle scene category. And uh, I was really into the the Warhammer lore, so this is the Kislevites versus Chaos. Heck yeah! And it's dude. called you can't read. It's called Ambush at High Pass. Nice. Uh, and so you know, there's a map. You know, the old Warhammer map, and you could kind of scope things out. And there's a place actually called High Pass. Yeah. And yeah. so I kind of had envisioned this really neat, uh, this really neat uh, scene where the they were you know going through the High Pass and being ambushed by the by Chaos uh, warriors and beastmen. Um, of note about this piece is that. Uh, Back in the day, there was no internet, mm-hmm. so you couldn't order things. If you want to order bits, you had to call England at like three in the morning our time. <laughs> you get Nigel on the phone, and you know, tell him what you want, and they would ship it. It would arrive like three weeks later. And so, if you wanted special pieces, you pick them out of the catalog. So that's all. This stuff is uh, was some of it is is converted. Okay. Um. Um. But I wanted specific pieces for the for the for the diorama. So yeah. So
0: that's how that came about. And I'm sure we'll hear more about that later. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. tell you more yeah. about yeah. that later. I got so many questions. So many oh, questions. So many questions for Don. <laughs> I, I hope yeah. i have answers i don't know <laughs> so that was
1: in 97 and then in uh, 2002 uh they did the sh- for chicago uh, games day golden demon so i traveled to chicago and i did that piece in the single figure category it's called lu warlord of the dreaded woe and again using the lore of uh of the chaos uh the chaos realms the chaos world um they were had, for the first time had listed uh tribes uh of the chaos Wastes, yes and the dreaded woe was one of the tribes and it was near cafe so it's sort of an asian influence so that's oh, how i yeah. got the idea to kind of do that and that piece is made up of about i think it's about nine or ten different model parts it's, all, it's all plastic butts. um there's oh, skaven wow. okay. bits there's high elf bits there's dark elf bits uh there's chaos bits in there and it's all and it was great cuz you could cut all the plastic stuff up and yeah, get it to you can't a really bit easier do that now the way they mold them but yeah so that was kind of a fun piece that took second place so i got the silver um Jen Haley i don't know if you know who Jen oh, Haley know. is mm-hmm. yeah Jen yeah. Haley uh, took first in that category and then won the Slayer Axe. It was uh, no sword that year; it was an axe. Okay. Whoa. So she won the Slayer Axe. So I didn't feel so bad. No, I that probably felt Halo. good. Yeah. yeah it's you like, know, it's, you uh, lost Jen here. Best beat me at me show. That's a show. Not too bad. So, yeah. so that was it. And then uh, there's a couple other things here. Um, I got back into the. I got out of the hobby for a while for various reasons, and then I got back in. Um, and I think this was like 2011. Uh, at some point in your life, gentlemen, as a hobbyist, you will realize that. You want to do historical pieces. It's um, it's a disease. You can't avoid it. It'll happen. This, is, this is you're going to wake up one day and you're going to say, "I got to build a tank." You're like, "Man, I want to <laughs> paint really <laughs> tiny figures." Exactly. Yeah. Be, I got to build a tank, and so you'll you'll start doing historical stuff. So, so that's where I went with this. this is an interesting uh, piece. I saw something about 761st Tank Battalion, which was one of only three African American tank battalions in World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, the military was segregated at that time, and so they they had their own tank battalion. Uh, a very storied history. I won't go into the whole thing, but I thought this was an interesting modeling project. These are resin pieces uh, with um, with resin head swaps, that, mm-hmm. uh, the African-American heads that I was able to swap with the helmets on and stuff. So that was a piece that I did, and that kind of got me back into the hobby. And so I kind of bounced back and forth between military stuff and gaming stuff and now it's just kind of gaming stuff or whatever i whatever i find time to do so yeah. okay
0: once, once you got to your midlife crisis and yeah. realized i'm an old man yeah. i'm looking at historicals oh, i gotta yeah. i gotta turn back the clock exactly okay yeah, yeah yes. exactly
1: and uh, the pieces get bigger so they're a little you know yeah, okay a little yeah. easier to paint,
2: okay. Yeah. okay well that's thank you thank yeah, you for the welcome. more on topic preamble ramble okay that we, well, yeah, we, you, yeah, know, have. you know But we want to hear more about these pieces a little bit later. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Um, But yeah, so John, you got anything for our preamble ramble that is not marriage pain related, please? Yes. Yes. Oh, thank God.
0: Thank God. Don is being a professional here, and we need to stop this immediately. (laughs) Um, I've got two quick things. Uh, The first one is just a news update, and the second one is a story. Okay. ready for story time. All right. So he's got two items. Um, He's cheating already. (laughs) Yeah. See? This is what I... That's what I do. So um, I, I've made it official. Uh, I've, I've let the universe know as of the recording of this podcast today, but it will be about a week in the past by the time you guys can hear this that I have quit my job. Woo! What? I quit my job. If I can had one of those popper that? things, I'd pop it right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm just deafen everyone. Yeah. We could do whippets. Okay, no. Okay, let's not, not do that. Um,
1: <laughs> so you're retired, is what you're telling? Yes, me. Yes, I'm
0: retired. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably too young for social security, but <laughs> by the time I can retire, that'll be gone anyway. So. Probably too probably
1: young, so. or
0: <laughs> right? I don't know. You're I'm, like sixty. I'm I Benjamin think. Button. I yeah, just go yeah. in reverse. Okay, okay. Um, so I, I, yeah, I have now. I'm a full-time YouTuber. Congrats, so this man. This is scary. Awesome. It's yeah, all get up. I bet so. Yeah, I bet. Um, yeah. It's it's scary, but. You know, it's kind of weird. Um, I mentioned it in the, the video, but just like you, Don, you mentioned that everything is Zoom meetings and mm-hmm. working from home yep. now. Yep. I've been doing that since the pandemic hit, and where I had my workstation set up was in my hobby room. Yeah. So something about the transition of... They clash. Yeah, yeah, right? I, I kind of glare longingly over my shoulder at my painting mm-hmm. station. I'm in Zoom meetings. Um, <laughs> you glare at it? Yeah. One time, oh my gosh, one time I was in a, a, a group meeting. This was not long after the pandemic uh, had started. I had started my YouTube channel and I was behind on getting my video done. And uh, it was when I painted the giant dragon without, without an airbrush. You no, know, the big 3D printed dragon without an airbrush. I painted oils. Um, I was in a meeting painting that thing. Oh, wow. I didn't realize my camera was on. Oops. <gasps> And my coworker sends me a message. And she's like, are you painting something right now? I was like, dude, did your heart just sink at that moment? I don't even care though. I was just like, whatever. Really? Yeah. And that was kind of the start of like introducing to my people at work what I was doing. Because they always had questions. When my camera's on, you could see like big Shit. lights and microphones and like a whole bunch of art stuff in the background. And so I was never shy about sharing like what I did. And so when the transition came, when I had the meeting with my boss to tell her, she was like... You know what's interesting? We had a meeting just a week ago with her boss, so my boss's boss, and and they had to do um, uh, an, like they do a report, like every six months, uh, a flight report is what they call it, and that's the risk of anyone on your team, leaving, right? And John she's like, the that's what they call zone. it, the
2: flight report, right? <laughs> it was in the red <laughs> zone?
0: Flee the scene, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, which I that was the funniest part that stuck in my mind is what they call that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's like, I actually brought your name up. Not because I thought that you would leave for a different institution, but just because you just seem so passionate about this thing that I thought maybe this would happen. So the conversation went really well with my boss and she's like, I'm just so happy for you, you know? And it was like, This is awesome. You I'm so jealous because you get to do a thing you really want to yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. And so I was you know that really made the whole process so much nicer oh yeah um but going back to it like i'm physically in the same spot that i've been at since covid hit and so it doesn't feel like a big difference to me like Mm -hmm. same physical location like if i would be like how it was before covid where i'm putting on a full suit and tie and i'm Mm -hmm. driving to downtown and i'm in this very professional environment going from that Mm -hmm. to being in a sweatshirt
1: in my my basement all day every day that probably would be a bigger jump but yeah, yeah um, so excited. you turned a classic zoom faux pas yes into an opportunity yes and uh now you're doing what you love yes yeah, so and so awesome. we
0: had my my going away meeting at work uh, which was, of course was over zoom um everybody Sad. came into the Zoom meeting and they had different snapshots of stupid faces that i've made in my videos as their background on Zoom. oh
1: wow that's so hilarious. I was like wow I thought you were going to say they had different snapshots of models you were painting while yeah, on Zoom, because oh, you would actually yeah. <laughs> done it more than once, but only realized it that one time. Yeah,
0: yeah apparently they are much more interested in the stupidity that I do <laughs> than, than the actual content itself. Nice. They're, they're not really interested. They're, it's not, you know, medical field, not a whole lot of nerdy people. There are actually quite a few yeah, through, in, uh, yeah. through in the institution, but in our, in our HR, mm-hmm. HR. Not so much. Not so much. Yeah, not, not so much. much. HR is normal people. You're boring right. people.
2: Yeah. Whoa. Hope no one watches this podcast from your old job. Mm. Just, I just flamed you. All right. That was your first Pramble Ramble. Congratulations. Now what's the second one? Oh, did you have a, we want to break it up. Did you have one? No, I'm just going to just gonna snip <laughs> myself from this section. You just sit
0: in the corner. Yeah. All right. I want to talk about pigs t- for t- a tiny second. Tiny Scott. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's hear it. Uh, Don, do you like to consume pig? Pork. You know, bacon. pork chops, ribs, you know, bacon. I, I've been known to eat a pork.
1: slab or two of, you know.
0: Pork. You know, okay. All right. <laughs> good. In
1: various <laughs> forms. You
0: know. Okay. Good. I. You know. I didn't want. I didn't want to. You know. Impose this uh, thoroughly graphic discussion that's about to happen. Yeah. Okay. Um. This past spring, my brother, who is uh, you you in the audience may or may not know that Daryl, uh, character from my YouTube channel is based off of my brother. Um. My brother is very Wait, much Darryl's not a real person. Uh, he is a real person. But Daryl's my cousin, and he's a lot like my brother. Uh, I gotcha. Okay, okay. Okay, gotcha. Um, But Daryl grew up in the South for a while, um, and then just recently moved back, so that's why he's got the weird accent. But anyway, my brother's very much an an uh, an outdoorsman. (laughs) Um, He he just loves to kill things, you know, uh, animals, and he loves to spend time outdoors. He lives on (laughs) he lives in the woods. He lives. uh, He he has like farmland that he rents out to his high school friend that's a farmer anyway he Dude, had fine. an idea pause, pause. i yeah. love how you had to
2: specify you were like he likes to kill things <laughs> pause <laughs> animal <laughs> i
0: was like okay was good to clarify yeah, your brother meant. isn't yeah. a murderer yeah. that's good yeah, okay. not I a mean, murderer no that's why we got the pigs okay okay oh yes jesus christ go it's on so, it's darker and darker so he decided that this spring uh he was gonna buy three piglets and raise them mm-hmm. to slaughter oh um, so we got three little pigs, and they were cute little pink, beautiful, fleshy skin little things, about eight pounds each. three of them are <laughs> going here in we're the spring. Going here.
1: I know where this is going, yeah,
0: um <laughs> it's crazy how fast pigs grow, yeah, it was i I mean, I knew they grew fast. I knew for how much pork Americans eat that they had to grow find a way to have them grow fast. I just thought it was all. You know, they pumped them full of steroids and stuff. Right, but right. naturally, they grow really fast. Now, that probably could be through um, raising pigs a certain way. Mm-hmm. So they, over time, the generations, they oh, get yeah. the genes so it's they're a, made to grow fast. It's an evolutionary process. Yes. Yeah. So when we got them in May, and from May up until last Friday was their last day on this earth. They they started at about eight pounds, and they were over 300 pounds. Holy whoa smoke! Yeah huge and Holy they were smokes. they got to a certain point where um they weren't mean one of the three was mean because he was the the runt and he was the male and he was an asshole
1: so he deserved it is what you're saying yeah he deserved it
0: the <laughs> other two were really nice gentle girls he had it coming to come into him <laughs> yeah For, he just picked on his sisters all the time anyway they kind of become pets but then we uh, uh we killed him last friday and then last saturday we spent the full day processing Mm-hmm. That's a nice word for it. Right. Yeah. So uh, three pigs to break down is a lot of work. Um, did you have an apron on? No. Just had your, I just had my hunting clothes on because those already get bloody and then you, you got to wash them and everything. Anyway. Wow. Okay. Um,
1: I got to say, this is not a topic I thought we were going to discuss today. Yeah, no, not, I'm not offended not, by it. Neither, it neither just, did I. It's going in a direction I hadn't anticipated <laughs> at all. So I'm not, not I, sure how I feel about this. I'm just sharing right the news. Okay. Go continue. <laughs> the news in my, go, on, go on. Go on.
0: And uh, I gotta tell you, um, processing a pig—I processed a lot of wild animals in mm-hmm. my life. I had never processed anything that so closely resembles a human. Uh, um, so it, it's just yeah. a little bit yeah. closer. Yeah. And so it was—it was a little bit awkward at first. Um, but then, once all the skins off, it, it, it's kind of the same. So, I'm sorry if <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. All of the vegetarians have just tuned no, out. Right, yeah. I apologize. They are, are no um, longer listening. <laughs> these were um, organically grown. Mm-hmm. They were had. They were free range. Right. They were happy pigs. They. There had you a, go. A, this is what they right were up raised until you for. Them. They were raised for, and who we bought them from. Right. This was was their. Yeah. We we our goal was that they had the best time in the time that they were allotted.
2: Yeah, I think honestly, this is like what farming is supposed to look like, right? As opposed to like jamming them all in like a facility, and you know. So also, you the fact that you are the one butchering them. I told you this in a in a message. You probably have way more respect for that meat, and like will ensure that it all gets eaten because like you're so close to the the
0: creature. So yeah, it's something about being close to the food that we eat, whether that's you know you grow your own tomatoes Mm -hmm. or in this case or you, you harvest a, a deer or you know you grow your own chickens or whatever yeah. yeah something about it it just means more yeah um and i had the first pork chops the other night and oh, oh my, my pork god chops.
1: <laughs> the <laughs> pork chops now, now, I'm, now i'm back in now i'm back <laughs> in you said pork chops i'm back okay yeah, no so longer has chops. a face i get it right right <laughs> Doesn't have a face. I'm convinced that if uh, we all had to kill our own food, there'd be a lot more vegetarians in the yeah. world. So oh, absolutely. Not yeah. everybody has the stomach for that. So kudos yeah. to you, sir. Yeah.
2: Lower meat consumption in general.
1: Absolutely. Right. And how yeah. do I get me one of them pork chops? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, Don.
0: Uh, this leads to our second part of the story, which has been this past week. I have been for the first time in my life figuring out how to make your own bacon. Ah. So I have one Again. and a half. One and Back a half in, yeah. yeah. One and a half pigs worth of belly that I had cured for four days, mm-hmm. and then I dried for a day, and now tonight when I get home, I'll be doing the slow smoke over applewood. Oh, <laughs> Sounds good. So until they're a hundred and fifty degrees internal temperature. Beauty. And then on Sunday I'll be slicing. Do you have a vacuum sealer? Are you gonna vacuum seal and freeze them, or my brother does. Okay, know? I'm just bringing them up, and I'm doing the hard work. Honestly, kind of yeah.
1: He's just gonna seal them up for right. It. Yeah. But here's so the he key. Here's,
0: here's the key is that I'm doing all the hard work in the bacon, but I get like a half pig's worth of pork. Mm. In and that's you. a lot. Yeah, that's like enough uh, 150 pounds of pork. What is that enough for? Like a year, year and a half
1: of yeah. Pork. Well, I eating? share too. Oh, okay, so sure. I'll bring
0: some over. You guys want some? You want some chops? You want some bacon? I will take anything you'll get. Uh, okay. I, the same. Yeah. I, you okay. know, anything
1: you want to part with. Yeah. All right. Try so that.
0: Homegrown bacon. I have, bacon. Yeah. I have
1: <laughs> about 40%
0: confidence that I'm doing this right. But <laughs> the internet's telling me I'm doing okay, it right. Now, wait a minute. So I, I can't. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't Bot- want it. Botulism is still a thing. Just <laughs> Make sure it's cooked. Um, and I think we'll be fine. I'm sure the internet can't steer me wrong. I how think bacon, we'll be right?
1: fine. Yeah. Right. So I'll eat it first. Words. words of confidence. I'll eat it first the guy making the, the
0: beat. Okay, yeah. Well, you already ate <laughs> it, so we'll see. I had the pork chops, and they were delicious. <laughs> it's, here's
2: the thing. We'll see in two days if you're, like, dying. Here's the thing. I had here's them on the Tuesday. Day, so.
0: Oh, okay. it's Friday today. Totally I'd be dead, dead by now. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, it tastes like a pork chop, <laughs> but it just tastes like... You had a little dial somewhere, like the little the little god dial, and the god dial in the back. God just turns the, up, turns up to eleven. The yeah. porky flavor, yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. it's juicy, oh, it's yeah. moist. The flavor yeah. is just like
1: yeah. in your mouth. Didn't sit in the grocery store no. for three or and four like, days. The
0: yeah. fat, because uh, you have like a fat cap, uh-huh. right? Because pigs got a, a nice fat cap on on the outside of the meat, and you keep that, and that just kind of melts into the meat as they cook. Mm-hmm. Woo! Woo! Yeah, so worth oh, it. There's there's John. Uh, that's Unc- the piggy story? There's Uncle John's little sidetrack for today. Holy smokes. Uh, I probably set us off track by quite a bit, so let's get back onto the next <laughs> aspect of the, the podcast.
1: What are what we talking we about?
0: What painted. And I want to go first, because I haven't spoken you in a while. Please do. Yes,
2: thank you. I want to know what you painted. Okay. Uh, I don't have it with me right here. It's oh. upstairs in a closed room, but it's uh, a seraphon. I painted a lizard man. My first ever lizard man. Lizard. Can I just say that? I think they're stupid. You think so? They're not sure. stupid. They're not stupid. But, like, I think, okay, why did Skaven get a cool name <laughs> and not called Rat Men and Lizard uh, Men? Well, I guess they got a cool name now. They're Seraphon. Seraphon. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've never been super into dinosaurs. You know, some kids were into dinosaurs when I was little. Mm. I was into, like, trucks and stuff. I was never into
0: dinosaurs. So, it, so you would probably be happier if they made a Warhammer 40,000 Transformers It yeah, Those already Army. exist. You know, and then you would be like, oh, the truck, gee, 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 robot. Yeah. yeah. Yes, definitely. Okay, I'd buy that. At the towel. Uh, yeah, that. Yeah, that are are they trucks? Yeah, they're kind. They kind of they're look kind like night type and turn into a truck. But yeah, never been a fan of lizardmen.
2: But I had a good reason to paint one this time, and they got it done. Not always a fan of painting like monstrous uh, type creatures, which I think we've discussed here before on the podcast, and I did in that video. Mm-hmm. Um, they're more Just challenging. Hate, to paint.
1: Hating
0: on the
2: monsters, they're challenging for me to paint. Honestly, like this guy right here. Uh, what is that called?
1: That is a uh, I don't know some kind of demon. It's it's, I've been it's out of a m- the game for so long. I can't m- remember. It's a so.
0: corn. It looks like it's a cor- corn yeah, demon dog. Demon yeah. dog.
1: Whatever those are. Bloodhound. Sure, we're gonna get flamed in the yeah. Yeah. comments <laughs> on this because we don't know. Where- yeah, <laughs> I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, neither do I. Uh, but anyway, fleshhound. Fleshhounds. Fleshhounds. That's, right. that's what they're that called now. Guys, we
0: got
2: it.
1: We got there. We got it.
2: It's kind of like the Jurassic Park thing. It's like yeah. Then it spits black things in your face. Yeah. This guy's screwed. This night. He's gonna get spit right in his eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. He's getting something. So I got that, I painted that, and then I repainted a Sister of Battle face, which uh, right here. Um, oh, yeah. It was terribly painted before.
0: Um, yeah, who painted it so terribly the me. first time?
2: You know, okay, <laughs> after painting this face again, uh, it's quite a challenging face to paint. Like, the uh, portion of her other eye is kind of like blocked a lot, by, a lot by her hair, and she has like a strange wrinkles under her eyes, which I just didn't paint because it made her look old. Um, so I'm just hedging right now, saying that this is a
0: hard taste to paint and i'm a good painter really why don't you me, why don't please. you hand it to a golden demon winner and...
1: so so when you say you repainted it did you just paint over what you had already done yes. or did you strip it and then repaint it because yeah. that that's that is a daunting prospect to repaint something that you've already painted especially something of this size yeah i i, I wouldn't have attempted that uh, I'm usually with that good enough. <laughs> <That's> kinda, <laughs> unless it's for competition, that's yeah. where I usually end up. It's like ah, didn't didn't hit all the marks on that one, but it's good enough.
2: Yeah, that is. And I would have never repainted that figure, but really someone nice. bought it recently. Yeah, um, they're like, hey, hey, I want to buy this. But no, they didn't say that. Nah. They were just like, I want to buy this. My sister, my daughter plays uh, Order of the Bloody Rose, and I was like, okay, I'll repaint the face because it looks like utter trash. Mm-hmm. But so yeah. You asked a question that I also want to address to the audience is about stripping and not stripping. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I did strip it. Um, the head is super glued on, so mm-hmm. I just <laughs> I popped it okay. right off. Yeah. And then I put it in some post-attack, and then I just painted it with isopropyl alcohol mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. on the face, and it kind of just melted right off slowly. I had to get some other bits and pieces out with uh, like some, some bamboo, uh, like sharpened bamboo. Like, like There was some paint stuck in like her, her tear ducts, mm-hmm. and so I kind of scraped that out. And bamboo doesn't really scratch plastic much. It um, was a
1: very very nice model. Thank That's you. Very impressive. Thank
2: you. um Yeah, I had a lot of fun when I painted it the first time. um But yeah, sorry, <laughs> painted that face.
1: <laughs> you don't get to say that often. I yeah. had a lot of fun painting that the first time. <laughs> yeah. <too. laughs> yeah,
2: the shield especially because she has GW is kind of going in this direction where like every flat surface has like sculpted detail yeah, on yeah. it. So yeah. like for like instead of freehanding anything, mm-hmm. like you can just paint a it, sculpted it, thing, which is great for like the general painter. Right. right. Um But I wanted to kind of test my freehanding skills, so I just like flatten it all off um, and then try to do a little buddy Mm. rose freehand Um, but yeah so I painted that face and painted a lizard man in the last uh, two
1: weeks
0: how about you Johnny boy Let's have Don go because I just talked for a long time
1: about pigs. Okay, Donny boy. There was. I a love long this. Discussion I got about pigs. I'm recalling it now. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot. <laughs> I'm traumatized by most of it, but however, um, when we I was back in when he said pork chops. Um, I have been working on uh, some models for a game called Don't Look Back, okay. and it's a uh, it's a 80s horror themed uh, co-op game where you play as teenagers from high school or what have you. And they're running around the camp or the forest being chased by the murderer. And it has some really fun game mechanics where, uh, you know, you can trip and fall in the forest as you always do in the film. So it's it's kind of a neat game. I haven't played it yet, uh, but I've watched it played and and I've been working on scenery and terrain and figures for that. So that's what I've been working on the last few, few weeks. Um, Prior to that, I was doing a I think I spent the last two years working on stuff for Frostgrave. Wow. I was just about to launch my uh, Frostgrave campaign when the ke- when the pandemic. hit. Uh, <laughs> so I said, "Well, uh, just keep working on stuff." Yeah. I finally, get tired of that because we never get to play. So. Okay. Yeah. So don't look back. That's where I'm at. Wow. All All right. Right. Very cool. I-, I have questions about don't look back. Okay.
0: It- is it play on like a-, a board, like a Warhammer board? Yeah, like yeah. It's by- a, yeah,
1: three by three, three so by three, on a three by three. Yeah, and it's four four uh, characters against one killer i don't know yeah. what they call him, but yeah it's four characters against a killer it's a co-op game and it, uh, it plays in about 45 minutes to an hour. So nice. it's pretty quick. And there's some scenarios and different things. So they've got uh, Black Sight Studios is the company that makes it. And they also make MDF terrain to go with it. So there's like a oh, whole cool. camp crystal with, oh, the, with yeah. the campground. Oh, it's hilariously cool. Yeah, I was going to really
2: ask, really is, is, there a, is there a campground nearby oh, yeah. with a lake, perhaps? Oh, yeah. There's all of that. Yeah, You can, <laughs> okay.
1: buy, you can buy their game at it. has got lake on it. Oh, so nice. It's really cool. That's it's, super they're hitting cool. They're all, hitting all the buttons on yeah. that one. Yeah, it's
0: well, a lot of fun. Do you have a mini for the bad guy? Yes. Okay. Does he are they always on the board? No. Cuz otherwise you'd be like it's not scary anymore no, cuz i just see him no. walking over
1: there. I'm like I'm running over no. there. No. There's a game mechanic called jump scare. <laughs> right. and, uh, when <laughs> and you when you roll poorly, <laughs> he shows up. Yes. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so it's really cool. it's really really cool. So, I'm looking forward to playing that.
2: Did you know that in Duluth there is a aquatic park that you are supposed to uh, dive in the lake uh, and it's like there's like a playground underwater. Mm-hmm and mike myers is down there like oh, a statue of yeah, him. yeah yeah oh Are you see articles of that no, no say so, no, while I've you're scuba diving you can see like mike, mike myers, myers just thing. like down there no, like that's kind of strange yeah it's that's, spooky i was <laughs> <that's
0: laughs> <great. laughs> like helicopters down there and shit and then fucking oh, a murderer <laughs> how great is that that if you didn't know that he oh. was down there <laughs> and you see that I would just poop in my
1: wetsuit. How many reports of uh, bodies at the bottom of the lake do you suppose the local constabulary gets here? Yeah. Maybe they have
2: like very clear signage, like there I hope is so. not yes. a body.
0: Right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> this is a prop. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, don't panic.
0: Okay, what I painted, I painted two things um, last uh, fortnight when I was over here for the stream. I started painting my little fell bat. I say little, but he's he's nice. a pretty big bat. Um, so that was really fun. Uh, on stream to paint that it's kind of tricky when you're trying to paint. I can let you look at that. It's tricky when you're trying to paint on stream and like interact with people and try to like figure out how to approach something. I was really struggling to figure out how do I approach these big surfaces Mm -hmm. of the skin on the wings? Um, And they're, they're not done yet, but I wanted to work the highlights where the light's hitting to, to feel like they are actually, um, the skin itself is translucent to get that bit of a skin tone to go through there um, and then this afternoon when we're gonna stream I'm gonna try to finish him on
1: stream oh is that done yet it looks done uh looks like, like his the face sh- is definitely done and the wings look very yeah very like all close the the, front. Um, the back it looks like you're still working on that yeah I'm his sure. legs
0: yeah and like the actual parts of his arms and they're actually the, the fingers mm-hmm, that go through mm-hmm. the back um yeah haven't done that yet. yeah those those are still yeah. just the face, face is the face. stunning
1: I, I I did Tune in for part of the live stream on this. I, I was, you know, you guys do your live stream when I'm working. So, you know, I see that's the really, best time to do I can't it. can't really you have a you know, second have screen on, up. and then I got a Zoom meeting and yeah. I can't do the thing. So, yeah. so I watched it for a few minutes and I was watching you doing some glazing on this. and I couldn't, the glazing was so subtle, I couldn't tell what you were doing, but it looks like you were adding the pink tones. Yeah, to the And so, some so some the reds. multiple layers were really, really came out nice on this. You've got that nice transition uh yeah it looks great it's keep going
0: just like you were saying don you get to a point where if it's not for like a competition it's like it's kind of where i I, it gets the impression i want it to have but i'm not going to make it so smooth yeah yeah. i don't want to spend as many ungodly hours as i assume you spent on the ambush at high pass yeah
1: that's a we'll get to that but yeah it's (laughs) it's tough to know where that line is sometimes and sometimes you know you just do stuff because you want to and it doesn't matter if it's you know you just you want to keep pushing the boundaries um i do less of that these days but but occasionally i find that especially if it's a really nice figure uh or it's really coming together the way you want it to you kind of just keep pushing right and see where you can get with it um but yeah that looks great it Um, does
0: the other thing that i i painted and i didn't bring it here because i always forget to bring Some of my stuff is for my next video, which will have been out by the time you see this. And that's painting a figure with only dry brushing. Um, And so I painted a 40K Plague Marine with that. And I got to say, I had way more fun doing that than I thought I was going to. Because I kind of had set my expectations low about Mm -hmm. what I was able to achieve. And I started to go through it. And I was like, I actually am figuring out that this is a tool that I may have to use slightly differently Mm -hmm. than when we just assume how we dry brush things. Um, But it can still achieve really interesting textures and building up of, of light and volumes of things. Mm. (laughs) And I got it done in like three hours. And it looked like if I was just painting something a traditional way in three hours, this looks better than that would have looked, which is surprising, but it kind of has a ceiling. I assume um, that you can't, Unless you can put a bunch more hours and do a lot of tiny, tiny stippling, mm-hmm. it just kind of eventually hits a ceiling. But what I was able to get to pretty quickly, I was I was pretty excited about.
1: So It yeah. can be liberating to use some of those simpler techniques yeah. and, and try to master those. And the game changer for dry brushing was when somebody discovered that you can use makeup brushes for yeah. that. Yeah, that yes, is a total brushes. game changer because I've been dry brushing for years and never quite happy with, you know, you get the those errant those short, brush strokes from, the, from those bristles yeah, right. and it would ruin what you had done. And then somebody said, use makeup brushes. i like, whoa, that's yeah. amazing. So that works really well too. So yeah, there was a guy back in the 70s or 80s, I think his name was Francois Verland and he did a lot of military stuff. And he sort of uh, had, I don't, I, want, I don't want to say he pioneered dry brushing, but he was known for his very subtle dry brushing technique on military models. And I remember that being called out by... Uh, a couple of different folks uh, over the over the years um so that's a, that's a technique that goes way back yeah uh, in modeling and just finally <laughs> took us till now to figure out makeup brushes <laughs> was right. the key to unlock that <laughs> yeah.
2: and like a more modern example is someone who really uses dry brushing too like the next level is Bohan, uh, a polish painter oh yeah um, he has videos on the internet actually we can link down in the show notes um where he shows kind of his process he's super good at free handing but also the way he gets textures is like multiple layers of this specific kind of dry brushing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's cool all right cool stuff john you have any thoughts on hunting
0: i mean i've done my fair share of hunting what about hunting orcs i mean well i've I've, I've never actually because i have the kickstarter just for you i feel like this is an ad read
2: well you'd be right because this episode is sponsored by zaba art who's bringing us the kickstarter called trophy hunter
0: yes this is the brainchild of the wonderful lucas zaba who comes all the way to us from the czech republic Trophy Hunter includes busts, massive busts intended for academic
2: purposes. What I mean by that is that these figures are meant as a sort of canvas to grow as a mini painter. Experiment with ideas that are only possible on larger scale figures like textures,
0: all while spending your time painting one of the more important parts of the mini, the face. Lucas is invested in the educational component of his Kickstarter, so each backer will also get a bundle of videos from Miniature Art Academy, a Patreon whose focus is on technical display miniature painting and features some awesome painters like Alfonso Geraldes, a.k.a. Banshee, David Basilisk, and more. There's also a 16-hour painting video of simple and quick techniques by Lucas painting one of his busts using oils and acrylics. Each bus comes with a little backstory as
2: well to inspire the stories you create in your favorite role-playing game. Hang these heads on the imaginary,
0: or real, tavern that every epic adventure inevitably starts in to enliven your world. You can find all the links in the video description or the show notes if you're listening to us on a podcast locale. Thank you, Lucas, for sponsoring this episode. Let's get back to it.
2: Okay, so this topic is going to be absolutely carried by Don because John and I have no idea about old school golden demon and all the details therein all the juicy stories. So it's story time with Don right Holy now. Holy smokes.
1: That's a lot. That's a that's yeah, no a lot. Pressure. <laughs> no <not> pressure. Gonna, <laughs> Thanks, we're not gonna guys. say anything for the next 45 Thanks, minutes. Guys. All right. Well I I I think we should start with what is the Golden Demon, right? Sure. So, so I, Hell yeah. I I did a little I did a little research back dug into my old uh white dwarf archives, mm-hmm. which go back to I not want to say how far they go back. <laughs> um, and uh, so I want to talk about mainly the U.S. golden demons because it, okay. it started earlier in England. I think it started in 86 in England. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and started in 91 in the United States from okay. what I could find. So 91, they had uh, a, a golden demon competition. That's what they call it. And they didn't say, again, I looked in the white Dwarf. it didn't say where it was, I think it might've been in Baltimore, mm-hmm. Um So 91 and 92 they had a golden demon competition and they were separate from the games day games Day didn't start in the us until 93. the first games day was in 93 and they had the golden demon uh, as part of that um 94 and 95 uh were two weird years because the overall winner actually didn't win a slayer sword in the united states they won two unique trophies those years which i thought was fascinating wow uh and one of the guys that won Uh, In 95 was a good friend of mine. His name is uh, Jeff Wilhelm. He's now the owner of uh, uh, Dragonforge Designs. He does the resin bases. Yeah. Uh, And and Jeff is from the Twin Cities. Oh, Uh, Originally, he's lived in Cincinnati for a long time, but he's from the Twin Cities. Uh, He's one of my contemporaries. And Jeff and I and another guy named Jim Ball uh, were three painters- that uh, we worked together for two collectors over a number of years. We painted their entire Warhammer collection of miniatures. Wow. And these guys had, between the, they were two brothers, between the two of them, they had hundreds and hundreds of miniatures, they had built all these warhammer armies and jeff and jim and i were the ones who painted all those and so every every uh couple of weeks we were sort of like you know oh did jeff paint that oh my god that's awesome you know jim painted that so we were always like kind of notching each other up <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so we were competing amongst ourselves on, uh you know unwittingly um and then jeff went to baltimore in 95 and won the overall trophy mm. and i said Damn it, I need one of those. <laughs> so so uh, so in 97 I finally made it out there when traveled out to Baltimore with this piece right here, uh, the 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 uh, battle scene category. And I and I picked battle scene because I I had sort of I, I started as a scale modeler and so I was always fascinated mm. with with Dioramas and telling a story and that sort of thing that was always sort of my forte Um, So I picked battle scene, which is a a really weird category for the Golden Demons because typically that doesn't get a lot of recognition it was always single-figure or large monster or uh, Something of of that nature that would win Um, so I was taking a pretty big gamble, but I was confident that um, with my knowledge of you know, scenery and terrain building and uh, And storytelling that I could make a piece that would be competitive so I worked on this, and I, as I said at the beginning, you know, I had to order special parts from England. And And um, uh, I remember Jim coming over to my house one night, and I quick had to hide what I was working on because I didn't <laughs> want him to see what I was working Classic. on. You know? And so, uh, so yeah, so I worked on this for, I don't know, probably three months, I think it was, and I traveled out to Baltimore with it and entered in the competition. And uh, that was a really interesting day because I kind of went in with no real... You know, preconceived notions about how well I would do. This was, you know, the premier painting competition in the United States, or that's what they tell us. Um, and so, I was getting a lot of buzz uh, during the day. People from Games Workshop were coming by and saying, "Oh man, you're the guy that painted that. That's amazing. That's really cool." So I was starting to, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> that is super doing cool. all right here. Um, and then someone came by and said, "Hey." john blanche wants to meet you he loves your piece, and i was like (laughs) whoa and so yeah so john blanche came by and i got to chat with him for a while really a neat guy uh we talked about um a lot of different things he's into like you know he's into blues music and stuff like motorcycles and stuff so it really just kind of we didn't really talk about miniatures which was yeah yeah um so that was kind of the highlight of the day for me meeting john blanche so um I got the the gold uh, for that category, and then the way they set it up is uh, all of the gold winners in each category are then vying for the Slayer Sword. Okay. So first place in each category then goes in the pool for the Slayer Sword. Okay. Um, So I and jeff wilhelm my friend jeff was there that day and i remember he came running by and he goes man you got this you got this "Eh, eh, 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 eh." so it turns out i didn't got this Uh, oh no 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 um, i know it's crushing blow uh a gentleman by the name of uh i think his name was jocelyn goyer um won the slayer sword that year with a uh, a wood elf dragon okay. it's a really nice piece he done a lot of really fantastic stuff on it so so I was a little disappointed because yeah, it was a kind of a big build up, but I was happy to go away with the and, and it wasn't even the nice trophy then it was the little trophy but but right. I was still very
2: happy to do you remember specifically how you felt when you when you figured out you didn't win the slayer sword?
1: You know, initially it didn't matter, but on the ride home, it yeah. started to, it started to hurt a little really bit. Really? Interesting. Yeah, I yeah. feel like
2: I would react immediately. Yeah. I'd be like, uh, fuck, like if I didn't have something that met an expectation, yeah, I would like, it no, would, I would just be like super sad. It didn't right away. hit me
1: right away. You know, okay. it was, mm-hmm. it was on the ride home and I was like, dang, you know, it's so close and so far at the same time. And you know, you put a lot of effort into this and you know, like three months of time, I yeah. can't tell you how many hours it was. Uh, it's irrelevant. But but the point is is that you, you pour your heart and soul into it and you do the best work you can do and, and you know, you come away with whatever you get. Yeah. So that that was quite an interesting experience. Um, question about the yeah, making yeah. of it. You said it took yeah. three months to make. Were yeah. there
2: other projects you had in between or was it this solely for three no, months? No, this solely
1: for three months. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh that's uh, that is the kind of Dedication, I think it takes to do a competition level piece. Yeah, no kidding. Um, So, like,
2: this, like, people who win nowadays. Yeah spend that much time on a piece. Yeah, so it's like absolutely. been the same. Yeah.
1: Hundreds of hours on some mm-hmm. pieces that maybe that even less, honestly. Yeah. 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 There was a guy, um, Victor Hardy. Are you familiar with Victor Hardy? No. Victor mm-hmm. Hardy did a piece, uh, boy, I'm not going to do it justice and somebody's going to correct me in the <laughs> comments. Um, Victor Hardy did a piece with this most amazing freehand work on it. He had painted this entire sort of Gothic, um, cathedral i can't remember what it was i just remember there was controversy about it because of because of the nature of the of the topic but i mean just i can't imagine how many hours he spent painting this this portrait on this this uh, oh. i think it was on a, a dreadnought or something okay I'm probably doing a complete disservice but But I I just remember reading about how many hours he spent on that piece. And it was just mind blowing to me.
2: Was there nudity in it or some kind of violent thing in it?
1: I I think it had overtly Christian themes. And I think they were concerned about that. I think I've seen this. Yeah. I'm barely remembering it, but I think that's what it was. Okay. But but I just remember the, the controversy was not the point the point to me was how much time he spent right, making it right and then he decided not to compete with it because of the controversy okay so, well wow in, in any case uh, Gee,
2: power to him if he yeah, to put that exactly, much work into the not exactly. enter it yeah. yeah so so that's that's how that came about um Excellent. So for for audio listeners, yeah. I don't know if we said it, a battleground scene. Uh, it's a battle yeah, it's called a battle scene is a category, scene. right? So
1: it's a diorama. It's a diorama, yeah. That depicts the you'd have to have I think it, I think there's a minimum of 5 miniatures. You have to yeah. have 5 figures on a scene on a base uh, showing some sort of conflict and yeah. and uh so I think it was one of the harder categories because oh, it involves so many other skills besides just miniature painting yeah uh, which is another reason why it took so long to do it yeah um, you know because of the base and the you know the scenery and everything right um but but again people spend as many hours on a single figure especially now some of the stuff that's that i see now is just mind-blowing yeah Um, so that's that one that was in 97 is this it uh is that the goal yeah so oh see so, yeah it was the greater demon yeah so yeah just, it looks
0: like a, a very roman catholic
1: right yeah flag. but i mean just look at the freehand on yeah. that it's just mind blowing freehand the hand whole
0: thing it. is it's just
1: yeah it's just mind blowing
2: um that's like that's like Kirill, can i have
0: level of freehand yeah, on yeah
1: yeah and i don't know what year that is that's 20, amazing 2010 is when
0: this post was made yeah. here but i don't know if it was how much earlier oh wait no submitted
1: 2006 yeah so it's around the time yeah and it was toward the end of my competition days okay so i didn't compete again until 2002 um when i went to chicago um that was the first year of the chicago g you know so it's a little closer a little easier to get to yeah. and at the time i was working for a local company um that was selling warhammer products they were at four local stores hmm. um we were well um a Warhammer, you know, Games Workshop retailer. And I was working in the capacity of, um, you know, promoting the product. And and so we were doing all sorts of, you know, smaller tournaments and game events in the stores and so forth. And we really had kind of built it up. We had a pretty good relationship with Games Workshop Baltimore. Um And they said, hey, we want to do something at the Mall of America. Mm. And my boss said, okay. <laughs> um, and so we worked out a deal with them. They actually sent... Uh, a team of people out uh, cool. and we worked with them and we put on a rogue trader tournament. This was in 2002. We that's put on so a rogue cool. trader tournament yeah. in the rotunda at the mall of America. We had oh. 50 players. Wow. And at, at the time, I think it was the biggest rogue trader tournament that had been in the U.S. Um, and we put that on. That was a, a you know, sort of a Herculean lift. Um, <laughs> and the funny thing about that one was, so it, we were also selling product at the, you know, mm-hmm. at, at that's so the box games. The core sets, Warhammer and 40K. And I think that day, I think we maybe sold forty or so box sets, which is a pretty good day uh, sure. of core sets, because they're about a hundred bucks a piece. So later that summer I went to um to Baltimore with a coworker to the Baltimore Games Day, not to compete, but just to go and take a tour of Games Workshop. And so we talked to the guys that we, you know, had come out to Minnesota earlier. And um when they would introduce us they'd say as yeah, Don and Travis from you know from Minneapolis and I'm like oh you're the guys that did that rogue trader tournament and I'm like yeah yeah." oh we heard you sold like 50 box sets that day like, yeah, yeah so then we go and meet another guy as you know Don and Travis from oh you guys sold like 80 box sets that day, didn't you? I think by the end of the day, they had us up to like 120 box sets that <laughs> we had sold. We were legendary. You yeah. know, it was just kind of, it's really funny. So so I didn't compete, but I did get to watch uh, The Golden Demon uh, in Baltimore in 2002, and that was a pretty interesting uh, competition. I don't remember, I remember it being highly competitive and seeing some really amazing pieces. Um, so when they announced they were going to do one in, in uh, Chicago, I thought, well, the competition's really ramping up, you know, what could I do that would be different? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's in the, I think the chaos book had just come out earlier that summer. And like I said, for the first time, it had a map of the chaos wastes, which, you know, no one had seen to that point. So it kind of opened up some new ideas about what things might look like and how, you know, the chaos tribes sort of, sort of fit within the the realm of Mm -hmm. chaos. So that's why I came up with the idea for this guy, because um, as I said, you know, they had this, this tribe called the dreaded woe which was near cafe Mm -hmm. which is the chinese representation in the warhammer world and so i you know got out my history books my osprey (laughs) books of uniforms and things um and kind of came up with some cool ideas for what this guy might look like so it's sort of a cross between a chaos marauder and with a sort of an asian influence yeah um so again i worked on that one for probably uh, probably another three months or so off and on Um, and this is not, you know, hours every single night, this is, you know, you know, over a period of time. Yeah. Um, but my main thing with this one was to try to get a really dynamic pose, um, to try to make it unique in a way that it didn't look like an off the shelf figure. Um, and then I hate to say it, but the painting was almost secondary. The, the, my real goal with this was to make something unique that no one had seen. I felt the same way about
2: the last piece I did the painting came secondary just because i had no time left to really paint yeah i'm more interested in the, the sculpting and the conversion yeah, and the yeah. base yeah.
1: and that and that's i think that's where the bulk of the time on this one went because like i said it, you know it's made up of about nine different parts um somewhere there's a picture of all the parts laid out um but it's got a skaven torso and then it has a i think that's a high elf lower body because it's mm-hmm. got the scale mail yeah i recognize the, the scale legs male. are from the chaos marauders I think one arm's from a dark elf, and one arm is from a, I think it might be a, might even be an empire figure. Um, the horse chopper is is custom made. It's just a brass rod. <laughs> what <laughs> he mentioned a horse chopper last the week? The horse chopper. That's yeah, right. right? Yeah. So he's got the horse chopper, traditional Chinese weapon. Yeah. Um, and in the back, so what I wanted to do was to, to really make him look different. Was to kind of re-sculpt the face. So I changed the shape of the nose, added the Fu Manchu beard, and then I added this. Um, your viewers won't be able to see this, and the, the podcast listeners won't. But but he's got a. a I think they call it a Q. Uh, the hair, the the braid mm-hmm. in the back is yeah. called a Q. Okay. Um, and so it's a very long, and that's made with um, twisted strands of brass wire oh. um, or, or copper wire, I think it is, because it's softer. So twisted strands of copper wire so it would hold its shape, and then I sort of braided it together. That's super clever. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, so doing different things, different build techniques um, to get it all to fit together, and then, like I said, um, painting it was... I don't want to say it was an afterthought, but at that point I kind of knew what I wanted to do with it. So I had to really think a lot about um, how I wanted to paint it. It was really in the sculpting. So the base was, you know, I kind of wanted to do something with the base in the chaos book. I remember um, they had done these things with these weird color spikes coming out of the ground. And I sort of wanted to echo that. I wasn't really happy with it, but there was no time to change it um, at the end. Um, If I had to do it over again, I would do the base different, a little differently. Um, but but otherwise, I think that uh, overall it turned out pretty good. I was pretty happy with that.
2: I with like that how himself. he's balancing on one of the spikes. It definitely adds to this element of like a samurai, mm-hmm. some kind of.
1: Yeah. So, like the sort of light on his feet, you know, yeah. sort of that, uh, that uh, um, you know, warrior ethic, that monk ethic, you know, yeah. sort of dancing across the, the, the piece of yeah. the, the terrain. So. so, let's
2: back up a little yeah, bit because yeah. uh, I have a lot of things I want to say. Yeah. So, like, this diorama is super cool from mm-hmm. a lore perspective mm-hmm. because you might not know because you hate game lore uh but like kislev is like the ausciliath of like the world of men in fantasy which is to say they are like the first barrier between yeah. them and like all of the chaos right. wastes oh yeah so the reason you're why the vanguard yeah yeah the vanguard yeah so that's why you're seeing kislev which is not a race that is in age of sigmar yet um, if you are a fan of, uh, Total War Warhammer 3, mm-hmm. the video game, yeah, that has out. Kislev yeah, in it. Oh, yeah. oh, you're familiar with this. I am familiar with it. Yeah.
1: Kislev has always been my favorite of the empire, uh, the empire realm. Right, right, yeah. They're part of the empire. Yeah. Um, and they're sort of based historically on, like, the Polish wing Tsars and, and yes. the way you're seeing with the wings here. So, so they have a basis in history for this. So they kind of look like the Eastern European... Uh, medieval of russians exactly so so i thought the lore was really cool and i liked the the fact that it was you know they were sort of depicted in the winter yeah um and so that's why i thought that look that would make a really cool um sort of diorama because again it was something you didn't see a lot of you know people weren't doing a lot of kislev models
2: yes um so that's how that bear cavalry yeah yeah all that good stuff and then this the single figure you mentioned Mm -hmm. i mentioned this when we talked about it in the coffee shop Mm -hmm. but like We haven't seen Asian inspired chaos models, I feel like ever, from the actual product line until Warcry. They came out with like those serpentine dudes. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was super cool that Don had like this foresight of like, of course, there's Chaos Waste (laughs) near Cathay. Of course, there's gonna be more of an Asian inspired chaos like marauder type dude, which exists now in the range, but you converted it and made it here in two thousand two? Yeah. That's so cool.
1: Well, again, you know, going back to the lore, I think that is, um, you know, that's the the font of all knowledge for for any mm. you know great you that, modeling <laughs> for any great modeling uh, you know <sighs> task you might want. <laughs> this, this is kind of like the pig story. For yeah, <laughs> check it out. Check it out. Okay, I'm with you. I'm, K- I'm KDM,
2: KDM monsters, yeah, yeah,
1: monsters. So so yeah, so I, I think you know, reading through the lore, looking at the maps, those sorts of things, you know, can be really inspiring when you're trying to come up with yes. an idea for. Uh, a project for Golden Demon. I think that, and I think that the judges, uh, the judges actually kind of recognize that too. Yeah. Um, and when they see something that triggers the lore, they're like, "Oh, yeah." Yeah. So, so I've heard that comment from the judges that they really like that about not about mine, but but yeah, that they like things that are in the lore. Yeah.
2: And in fact, that's still a thing to this day. I I, I chat with the, one of the head judges of Golden Demon, mm-hmm. um, and like semi uh, sporadically, and he mentioned that they do really like pieces that.
1: Uh, kind of go with the flow of the lore. Um, so that's so true. Well, they yeah. spend a lot of money on their IP, so they like it when you when uh, when you yeah. when you echo when it for you, them. Yeah. The I think they yeah. even have somewhere,
0: when I've looked at it recently, uh, it's a, a part of criteria for judging that it's described generically, but it says along the lines of, f- fits within the Warhammer universe. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't necessarily interpret that at first read as like tying into the lore but that's exactly what it is yeah. Yeah. right the the universe is their their lore and i think sometimes that like maybe might, i get eye rolly about the word lore because it's the word itself that has a lot yeah. of a lot of baggage a lot of baggage yeah. with it and not just about warhammer just in general people talking about lore of a video game or lore of the you know underworld's the movie series it's just like <laughs> oh my god um <laughs> but it's not it, it, there's something with more depth and interest to it. And so when Don describes it, I'm kind of like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Like, <laughs> you know, I want to find out about this this place somewhere in Poland, you know, where there's just beast men in a cave and these guys are walking through. Like, that seems more interesting yeah. to me. Um, they kind of jump. Again, this is my own personal opinion. It feels like they kind of have to one up themselves all the time in their lore. And it just kind of gets a little bit Fonzie jumping the shark to me on some stuff. But that's just my own personal opinion.
2: No, you're right. The books are just like, how violent and descriptive of that violence can we get? That's kind of what it feels like sometimes.
1: And and lore conversations can also tend to spark a lot of well actually moments which nobody enjoys Mm. oh yeah yeah and also their lore is super confusing it's very deep and very confusing yeah it's all Um, over the place just stick to one and that's all you need to know so just enough to do the diorama and that's all i needed to know don't get
0: me started on a vampire lore bro was it more in like in the 90s early 2000s was it more easy to follow was it more clear-cut or was it just as kind of convoluted as it feels today
1: you know that that's difficult for me to answer because when they switched to Age of Sigmar, I was out. Mm. You know, I and I and I had a lot of time and energy invested in the Warhammer world, mm. and you know, I'm one of the 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 Grognards. You know, <laughs> I I love the Warhammer world. I love the realm, the the lore, all of that. And then they ditched it and went to Age of Sigmar, and we were all like, "What the hell is this?"
2: Yeah. Um. <laughs>
1: so so I kind of was out at that point. So yeah. I don't really know um i have friends who are still in it and they they swear that the stories are great and it makes sense and you know it's great and i and i you know it's nothing against games workshop or, or you know any of the people that enjoy age of sigmar the fine game i'm sure um but it just wasn't for me and i just sure. kind of stuck with this and i knew this and when they ditched it i was sad to see it go but you know it's, that's the way it is well so.
0: it's coming back that's what we hear the old that's world what, that's what we shall hear. return i'm you know, very excited don is you see like Kizlev
1: Army is going to be on the table, baby. Yeah. It totally is. Yeah, dude.
0: We're going gonna to be. Oh, i so excited. We got Golden Demon, twenty twenty six. And Don's going to be wearing this large purple cape, and he's going to walk through, and he's going to, like, pull back the cape, and there's just, like, all these competition pieces. <laughs> he's like, uh, On square basis. I'm back. <laughs> square base, old world. What's well, I'm
1: uh, I'm 127 years old now, so that's unlikely that happened. <laughs> Goddamn! <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Looking good. <laughs> well, you know, I want, to, I, I want to go back for just a second, because, uh, you know, when Blake was on the show, he, yeah. he made a comment about the show that I... That I took umbrage with oh, um, and, I'm and, I, and I think he said I think he said uh it, it, I think I wrote it down because I wanted to quote him he said the set was not as impressive as it is behind the camera <laughs> <laughs> that's true and I and I and I sort of took umbrage with that I you know Blake is a nice guy I'm certain but you know you don't come to Minnesota <laughs> and denigrate our strong history of gaming traditions by you know talking about the set and i just want to say that you know i'm impressed with what i've seen so far and i think you know i met your producer sergio yeah terrific guy he's (laughs) doing a great job he's doing Mm -hmm. a great job and and you know chucky behind the camera Mm -hmm. chucky the whole scene he's doing a great job he's doing a great (laughs) job but trixie the makeup person yeah She's taking years off,
0: you know, right. with yeah. the That's expert. why. How was
1: yeah. yeah. the, the green room? Were the snacks good? That, the green room is spectacular. I've never seen so much Mountain Dew in one place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> did they unbelievable. Take, did they take out all the blue M&Ms like you ordered? Yes, they okay, did. Good. So
2: the rider was the yeah. contract okay. Was with any that, of so. John's bacon in the room?
1: I didn't see the bacon. Yeah, stay it might have been gone. Stay it's still me. smoking. I mean, yeah. yeah. we'll get it to you. So, <laughs> so I, I just want to say, I, I think the facilities are fine. I don't know what blake was talking about yeah
0: blake screw you but, yeah those, but, those you know, california boys don't i think
1: talk down our staff and crew here at this <laughs> right. show
0: that's, that's, right I don't say that. all right back back on topic it. sorry a little sidetracked there i thought like we minnesotans <laughs> have to we, we watch each we other We got together that's right long and story tradition yeah, it's, mm. i mean it's it's long, harsh, cold winters, and you don't That's get through right. it alone. What yeah. the hell else no, are we yeah. going to do, right? We, we have bond. A, we, we bond. bond. <laughs> we have a tribe
2: here. What the Blake. hell else are we going to do? Oh, can I? Yeah, let, me, let me also interrupt for a brief moment. My friend Curtis was considering moving here, and he looked up on Reddit about the state of Minnesota and like its characteristics. Mm-hmm. And people on Reddit, uh, and I think it was so funny when he told this to me, he was like, there is a very tribe-like mentality in Minnesota, so it's kind of hard to break into friend groups. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, that's not a thing. Is that a thing? I've never known it to be a thing. Uh, but it was so funny to hear that and to hear you just say the same describing yeah. word.
0: Well, yeah. yeah, we have trial by combat. You guys know. Oh, about right. About yeah, that, right. If yeah. you it's want the chaos to chaos waste. Don had to murder someone to get on this podcast. Right. It's the chaos <laughs> waste. Yeah. We had like two we had, <laughs> we had two sound guys. Now we only have one. That's why <laughs> yeah, Don's here. That's why. So uh, Yeah, if you want to enter a friend group, right, you have to go out in the frozen north and yeah. you you strip down to a loincloth. Yeah. Um and you can use any weapon at your disposal in the wilderness. Yeah. Um and then you come back um after two full moons time in yeah. in the blood of your enemy. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. how we do it in Minnesota. It's yeah. it's basically Sparta, apparently. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But then... Yeah, I
1: don't, I, <laughs> I don't know. What, then that, you're one of us. Yeah, that's that's how it works out. It all works out in the end.
2: So we're talking that's about this piece. Yeah, yeah. Let's get back to it. Uh, let's get back Which to it. Which one? That. This one? Yes. Because I think we haven't mentioned
1: this thing yet.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's way more <laughs> pretty in person.
1: Yeah. That's that's. I don't remember what year they started introducing those. That's a lot nicer trophy. And, uh, you know, that's what people are shooting for right, right now. That's, you know, when you compete, that's what you want. And, of course, you also get, you know, you get a picture of your model in, in White Dwarf. And I think that's mm. the, the notoriety that you Man. get. For doing that, I know you there have was that a, issue. You
0: have the issue with yours. In I it? do. Oh, yeah.
1: I actually have it with me, and I'll show it to you later. Oh, that's so Sweet. cool. That is still oh. a
2: box that I would love to check. Yeah,
1: yeah. Getting getting the picture of the model in White Dwarf is pretty cool. Uh, it's even better when they don't spell your name incorrectly. Oh, geez, did they spell my name to me? But that's all right. Oh no. That's all right. Oh, uh, but it
2: got second place, right? Yeah. Okay. So
1: so yeah, so it's a silver one uh, because it was, this figure was second place, and then of course they make them in a bronze color for third, mm-hmm. and the gold it's the nice golden happy. demon is for, reserved for first place. So. So that's how it works. And I, I believe that's a resin casting. It's very heavy. Yeah, It's got quite a bit of weight to it. You could definitely murder someone with this. <laughs> you yeah, could right. club someone to death during the combat by trial. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you exactly. Could, you, you know, could use that. Keep it in your backpack. If
2: the yeah. sculpt of the GD trophy is the same as it was now i don't know that i think that it
0: is um i wouldn't mind there well there they are revealed that there's it's a new one. oh, oh yeah okay. recently yeah oh, okay. it was supposed to be i think before they canceled it. yeah up 2020
1: to i think they were supposed to do it in 2020 yeah. but
0: then there hasn't really been a no, lot of others on it since nope nope but it's the, still the same demon guy but just
1: a newer sculpt yeah demon guy okay yeah. sorry that would make sense to a little bit there are there are several other golden demon winners in the twin cities i don't know if you guys know this um there I met
0: the kid at Tower Games. Dylan. Dylan, Dylan Gawker. Yes.
1: Dylan Gawker has 16 golden demons What the fuck, and a Dylan? slayer sword. Yeah. And there's another guy by the name of Bennett Blalactone. And oh, Bennett has, I think, I, I did check. Let's see. Bennett has 13? What the fuck? 13 golden demons and a slayer sword. John, surely we can get one. Surely. Uh, surely. Again, surely. A rich history yeah. of gaming traditions. Did you guys travel? Did
2: they travel for these awards? They did. Uh, okay, both that, both okay. Dylan
1: both Dylan and uh, and uh, Bennett traveled to Baltimore. And competed mm-hmm. in Baltimore. They've also competed in Chicago, but they both won the Slayer Sword in Baltimore. Yeah. That was sort of the premier, because sh- that was the first one, right? Uh, yeah. You know, and that was the you know you 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 made the pilgrimage to Baltimore, <laughs> and you, <laughs> and you, you know you, you prayed at the Temple of Games Workshop. And you, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Try to compete. you there. had The incense burner. <laughs> yeah, and the right. Chicago. Then there was the Chicago one, and then they did one in Atlanta, and then they did L.A., and then I think the last one they did was in Memphis, and that was in 2013. And I think that was the last one in the United States was uh, was in 2013 was the last year going. Wow, to so you know, I thought long.
2: Chicago's 2013 was the last show. It
1: might same year. Yeah, yeah I think they did. But it could have been the both yeah, same year. Yeah, yeah, Memphis was the last city they added. Okay, I'm gotcha. not sure why they added Memphis. It seemed like because
2: GW is headquartered in they, Tennessee. They moved there. Okay, yeah, because
1: they, they were in Baltimore for a very long time.
2: Oh yeah, yeah It's yeah. now I,
1: Tennessee. Yeah, I have family in the Maryland area, and so that was always my excuse to oh yeah, go out to see family. Yeah, yeah, at the yeah, games yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you're like you're like what up cousins? Right. See ya. Got to go to the Games Workshop store. So yeah, so that's uh that's kind of what happened there and we've got a lot of other winners you know like i said you know i go down to tower hobbies and dylan's got a bunch of his on display down there and yeah and they're like i said bronze silver and gold he's got all yeah. three i don't know where the slayer sword is i don't know if that's at the store or not um, but i didn't see it pretty yeah it's a pretty this impressive was a, piece a, i know? think
0: three or four years ago not long after i got into mini painting that i was there randomly just looking at stuff and they have just an ikea detolf case mm-hmm. and i'm like man some of this stuff looks really well painted yeah. and the owner's like Oh, yeah, uh, it's, it's him. That guy. He's, he's yeah, up there working, working at the desk. Yeah. And so I went over and chatted with him about it. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's like, yeah, you know, I, I did a lot. And he, he hadn't painted this. I was probably about 2018 that yeah. I had this conversation. Yeah. He hadn't picked up a brush in five yeah. years. He, yeah, he, he just kind
1: of, I'm done. He well, was a very I mean, what, young kid. What else is there to do? Yes, he was very young. He's very young. He was winner. like 16, 17 years yeah. old. Uh, what else is there to do? It's kind of you like know? Tom Ailes. He you just like slayer sword. Want to slayer sword and, a slayer sword and right. stop
2: painting? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it's interesting because a lot of my contemporaries, a lot of guys I competed against, or a lot of guys I followed, you know, that had competed over the years, I don't see any of their stuff online anywhere. I looked for some of them, mm-hmm. um, and I don't see any of their stuff anymore. So I don't know if people just stop painting at some point, or if you know, you get to an age where you know instagram and you know facebook you know like you just don't have time to do that i know taking photos of stuff is really challenging and time consuming for me i don't i don't have the time to really do that so i have you know not one but two poorly maintained instagram accounts hey you know that i that i try to get stuff up on once in a while but i i just don't spend a lot of time taking photos of stuff um so maybe that's why you don't see them anymore but it's possible people just sort of outgrew the hobby too so yeah um
2: if you ever want to come by to the new office space and like, bring a bunch of miles to get yeah, photographed, I'd yeah. love to do that okay, for you. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah, I got some stuff.
2: Cool. Yeah. I might
1: have to up my game a little bit, though. Scott
2: will take pictures of himself with your trophies. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put your trophies on my <laughs> that's, set. That's fine. <laughs> forget them there.
1: There'll be a small fee, but that'll be fine. <laughs> a rental charge. Rental
2: fee. <laughs> work something out all right what's about. what's next because you have a lot of things you want to talk about you
1: want to talk about scoring different competitions yeah, yeah, yeah. well I, I think it was your first episode of the show you guys had a conversation about um different types the of competitions first? it might have been your first episode or your first or second episode okay okay mm-hmm. it was early and on yeah know. it was early on and you guys had a conversation about um you know miniatures competitions and how they're scored and how they're constructed yeah so different ones. so so that's kind of what i i wanted to talk a little bit about because like i said games workshop has promoted the golden demons as the premier miniatures painting competition in the world mm-hmm. that's great marketing it's not necessarily true i mean it's yeah. the best games workshop exactly sure. you know, it's only gw minis yeah it's yeah, only gw sure. stuff yeah. so it's limited to their product in it and that's fine um so there are some limitations built into that. If you're going to compete, you got to paint a Games Workshop piece. If nothing there speaks to you, you wouldn't enter, right? right. Um, it also is what you'd call, a, it's a it's a winner-take-all yes system, right? So yeah. it's a first, second, and third in each category. Everybody else can go to hell home, right? That's <laughs> kind of pack it up and go home if you didn't win. Yeah. Um, and when you talk about the time invested in, you know, some of these pieces and, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears that you put into them, you go to a competition like that. You don't make first cut. It's crushing, right? Yeah. So you don't always know why. And, you know, judging is always subjective. And so, you know, it's for arbitrary reasons. Sometimes people don't meet it. So there are other competitions out there. And you guys sort of reference this without maybe without knowing that these exist um, about different ways that you can judge a competition. And one of them that is uh, the best known is called the open system. And that was something that was created by a guy named uh, uh, Shepard Payne and shepherd oh. Payne was a you, you might recognize the name I have his book on yeah, uh, photography she, right so shepherd Payne had a series of books he was just a guy that was a, a model builder a scale modeler figure painter and back in the the 70s and early 80s um he put out a book called how to build dioramas and it was more than just that it was it was a book about um you know telling a story uh painting and constructing miniatures, painting and constructing dioramas, photography. I mean, it was just, it was like the Bible of how to do hobbies, right? Ooh. It was really, really cool. And a lot of guys from my age group, you know, swore by Shep's book and his techniques and so forth. So so we learned a lot by by using that. Um, so Shep created this sort of scoring system, this sort of, they call it the open system, that they use. It's, it's the... Um, Minnesota, or I'm sorry, it's the uh, Military Modelers uh, Society of Illinois, MMSI, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are to Chicago and they put on a show every year. And it's an international show. People come from all over the world to compete. And it's mostly, or it started out mostly as historical figures, larger scale historical Napoleonics and mm-hmm. World War II and that sort of stuff. But over the years, it's expanded to include anything Uh, fantasy categories um, you know Warhammer figures uh, tanks airplanes whatever people want to enter but it's still mainly known as a figure show Mm -hmm. Um, and so uh, this show uses a a grading system where it's not a winner-take-all it's it is a more less of a competition and more of a juried exhibition So think of it as, you know, people coming together to display their works and then a team of judges who are themselves, you know, multiple time winners Mm -hmm. um, will go around and grade things according to a certain rubric. And you can win a gold, a silver or a bronze or a commendation depending on the level of your work. So there's no limit to the number of awards that can be given um, in this show. You are the, the work is is rewarded for its own level so you're competing against yourself yeah how well did you meet the rubric yep for that um and so um, a couple of notes about that i took which i thought were really interesting um it has a basic uh um a basic category and that's for painters of what they say modest ability so even if you don't feel like you can compete with these international superstars you can still go there and display your work and still you know be judged and graded and receive a commendation award for it yeah um and then it has historical, a fantasy, and an ordinance category. So this minimum of categories is not all these different segmentations uh, of categories. So it's a larger group of things. So if it's you know, if it's a vehicle or a tank or a motorcycle or a truck or whatever, it goes in the ordinance category. Yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. everything goes in the ordinance category. Um, or it can just be historical figures or fantasy figures. Mm. Um, and then they are uh, there are two levels in the advanced category. There's something called um, the painter's uh, class which is it's the work is just judged on its painting okay. so not not hmm. the, technical not, ability yeah the technical ability of the okay. painting itself yeah and then there is the um the open which are for conversions like this piece would be a conversion so anything that's converted or scratch built uh there are guys that sculpt their own figures you know and, and there's a guy named bill haran that does like mind-blowing sculptures you know of figures and and so um so this competition or contest or juried exhibition, whatever you want to call it, is a more, it's, I want to say nurturing, but that's not really what I mean. It's just, it's, it's a show you can go to and compete and be amongst fellow modelers without that sort of cutthroat Um, it's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. It can be discouraging for people. Yeah. Um, and so uh, unfortunately I've never had a chance to go to the Chicago show, the field in which I work, we're always busy. It's around October of every year Mm -hmm. and I've always been busy at that time and never able to go, but there is a group of guys from Minnesota, the Minnesota military figure society, which, um, I've known those guys for many years and there's a core contingent of that group that goes every year. Um, many of them met in new shepherd Payne. Um, I never got a chance to meet him. Um, but that is sort of, you know, the pinnacle of that group. And and again, they tend to be more historical figure painters and modelers. Yeah. But not not necessarily. I mean, there's guys that do aircraft and and gundam and all sorts of things. You can really enter anything you want. Yeah. Um so that so that's the, the MS MMSI uh open system. And then there's another system that um that is similar to that, and that's called the the AMPS system and that's the armor modeling preservation society and that's geared more towards um plastic models and they have a ton more categories but they're all sort of um associated with military vehicles and so forth and i think they might have a a fantasy category or two i'm not sure um but they use a similar system where um they use a, a small pools of judges and they're your peers they're people who may have you know have won in the past and generally that's who the judges will will be and they're small groups of peers and every model is is judged um by by your peers and it's a scoring system and i and i actually found this because I, I competed in an amps competition um i think it was in 2014 uh we didn't talk about the that abrams tank that i built i think i showed you a picture of the yeah, abrams yeah tank. Yeah. so um it's a Kind of an interesting story about that too, but I'll get to that in a minute. So, so I brought this. This was the the judging tally sheet, and on and on. And I know your podcast viewers can't do this, but but so in that category for what I entered that vehicle, there's a construction category, a finish and weathering category, and an effort and difficulty category, and then you're scored according to those. And the maximum score you can get is a ten, mm-hmm. and so you're allotted points in those. And so again, it's just measuring the work against a rubric. And then whatever you score is is where you're commended. That's the the medal you get depending yeah. on where you score. So it, it there's great feedback on here. They kind of you know make comments about your work from there's four different judges that judge my piece. Um, and there were comments. And you have about all the rubrics it. right there. What's that? Yeah, and you yeah. have all the feedback. right, instead, of, you Can know, I going hunting down the judges after the show and you know why didn't I win and you know that sort yeah. of stuff. So it's a little more, oops, <clears throat> it's just a little more um, encouraging for people to 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 participate in those sorts of events now unfortunately i don't think that in the miniature in the gaming miniatures world because i i mean that's kind of what these are you know gaming miniatures in mm-hmm. the gaming miniatures world that hasn't really entered the competition vein that's they still prefer to do the you know with the the, the what was it, the, the crystal brush still yeah. sort of a winner take all you know and, and i'm not sure why there seems to be this arbitrary line between sort of historicals and scale models and gaming miniatures about how the competitions are run, which I think is a little unfortunate, but, but I just want to say that you guys were right. There are other ways to judge models um, that, that doesn't have to send somebody home, you know, hurting.
2: Yeah. There is uh, a con that does grade against a rubric. Mm -hmm. Actually, there's two. Um, I believe um, Monty Sansevino uses Mm -hmm. a rubric.
0: And that's, that's got a lot of roots in historicals as well. Yeah. That's kind of all over the place. Mm -hmm. Now it's, it's like one of the biggest in Europe and that was just this past weekend. Yeah. That's part of our news actually. Right.
2: Um, And then also Nova open um, in the tri-state area, Washington, DC, Virginia area. They do a rubric as well. Oh, okay. But I was going to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Yeah um i've always been interested in thinking about making a rubric for competing and mm-hmm. like running my own competition and mm-hmm. stuff like that and i am a cutthroat competitive person mm-hmm. so i do love the there is only one first second right. third right but i also love the uh the quantification of art through a rubric mm-hmm. and like being able to like measure it obviously it's 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 subjective you can't avoid sure. that sure so i was curious what if you had a combination of the systems what if There was this, and there was only a first place for every category, no second and third, Mm -hmm. and then a first place overall. Mm -hmm. With the awarding of first place in a category devalue the medals you would get from the
1: rubric? No, I don't think so. Okay. I, I think what you'd run into though, because it's, that's something similar was done when we would judge best painted at you know at Rogue Trader tournaments. Okay. Um, we had sort of a rubric, you know, where you tick the boxes to make sure people had done what they needed to do uh, for their armies. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, is you end up with several that have the same top score. So then yeah. you still have to use that subjective methodology to choose who the overall winner is. Right, And this kind of competition avoids that altogether it just says they're all these are all a 10 yeah right they're all a 10 so how do you pick a 10.1 right right so that's kind of what you might run into with that yeah but but i like where you're going with it and that is that providing feedback to you know to the modeler about what the judges liked and having multiple judges also makes a difference you don't want yeah. to just have one guy yeah know? oh absolutely so, so you gotta have right. multiple
2: judges and, and then exposing should, the score like yeah yeah absolutely if, if yeah. the judge knows that their score is going to be like public knowledge mm-hmm. it's like they're gonna make sure they're not treating anything unfairly because yeah. it'll be obvious yeah. if they are absolutely
1: uh, one of the knocks i've heard against um you know sort of the open system and and the amps method is that you know people call it you get a participation trophy right everybody yeah. shows up you get a trophy right and and i think that's a that's a little crude. I think that's a crude way to look at it. I think, again, if if you're thinking in terms of a competition, then yeah, maybe. But if you're thinking of it in terms of a juried exhibition, like a like a like a museum show, mm. then you know you're just grading the work and saying, oh, this you know this stuff is really fantastic. This is maybe almost there. Um, you know, so you're providing some feedback to not only the modeler but to the audience about the level of work that they're seeing. And one of the other interesting things about it is that they said that, you know, over time, the, the rubric of what equals a 10 changes, right? Yes. So from the previous year, something that was a silver, now this year that might be a bronze, right? Yeah. Because the work continues to improve over time yeah. and you're seeing more and more spectacular things. Um, but you're still awarding. You know recognition for that work and that's that's the part i like about it so um like i said you know you, you invest a lot of time and you go to a show you travel a long ways and you, you go home with nothing and that's that's defle- that's defeating nobody wants to do that anymore you know so yeah. so that might that or if you know if you're competitive and you got those competitive juices and um you know it's just maybe try harder i don't know so i think <laughs> people's <laughs> different people right just try that's harder i'll be back advice next year. Right there. try harder get right? good scrub good that's right. so so anyway, so I just I just thought that you know, you know, after watching that program that you guys did, I just wanted to let there those those do exist. Yeah, and I think if you want to do a hybrid system of that, you certainly you certainly could. Yeah, but well, I think providing the feedback is really the key here. You yes. Know, to, to,
0: to when I look at this, Tom, mm-hmm. this is two things for me. Um, one, it's hilarious to see what the name of the category was. Well, what is it for that it's one? C nine one thirty fifth Korea to present. <laughs> That's Holy! A, that is a broad category <laughs> of things. I'm like, is that broad? <laughs> I'm it's like, pretty broad, man. Yeah. Who would like? <laughs> I don't know. It can take place between January 17th and 1968, yeah. and yeah. it's like whoa and 135th scale, like they must have 117 different categories yeah
1: i you know what there's a, you can provide a link if you want to there's a link to the amps scoring page and they have i think must have like 20 categories it's really specific yeah and that's one of the differences between them and the open system the, the open system has three categories it's either fantasy historical or ordinance and then there's you know subdivisions within that but they wanted to minimize the number of categories to encourage more people to, yeah. to participate. The amps is, is geared really towards military vehicles and you have to be specific about where they fit in. So
2: yeah, we got about 10 out. minutes left. Yeah. Uh, okay. so, so I, I want to ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're an amazing
0: resource. Thank you. Um, do you have any questions first? Um, I had some, yes. Um, kind of an observation and then maybe let's uh, see if, uh, Don can expand on this. Um, I thought it kind of recently getting into looking at like golden demon and expectations and, and kind of what wins or what Mm -hmm. works really well Mm -hmm. is I've seen that it's a lot about that. This is the first time you've seen it experience, Mm -hmm. right? Whether that be typically I see it as two things. One is conversion. Mm -hmm. So this is not a a model you've seen before because it's converted whether slightly or grandly Mm -hmm. or two, the obvious, second obvious one, to me anyway, is freehand. I've never seen anything like right. it because there's so much detail and extra. Right. I thought this was like an evolution. This is where we're at now. Yeah. I see your stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is the way it's always been.
1: <laughs> Has it always been that way? Is it? Is it in, from your experience? I, I just want to, you know, yes and no. I, I don't think at the time we recognized that that was happening. Mm-hmm. I remember non-metallic metal happened about 2001 one i want to say
0: confrontation made that popular and there was 2002 yeah the first
1: time i saw it in competition was 2001 or 2002 i think um and i remember seeing pictures of a piece and thinking that was mind-blowing and then seeing that same piece in person and going what is this and and my take on nm at the time because again we hadn't really seen it was it looked great at one specific angle Mm -hmm. and then when you turn it you sort of lose that illusion Mm -hmm. and so i didn't really see the appeal to that but i see it i see the appeal to it as you know a technique to be mastered sure so that is a painterly technique that you want to master that shows your skill level and i think that's why people gravitate towards it um yeah we were seeing stuff for the first time you know I don't think we were aware of what it was, but as far as freehand, like there's, you know, there's details on the ax and there's the, you know, shield. the shield and that sort of stuff. But, but, you know, now you see the stuff that people are doing their, you know, full portraits on the back of cloaks and things like that. Right. I mean, that was, we, I wasn't seeing that when I first started competing in 97, I wasn't seeing that sort of stuff. Um, you know, the te- techniques improve, the the paints improve, the brushes improve, you know, it, it it's, it's a continuous scale of improvement and um i i would be hesitant to compete now i don't i don't know if i've got the chops to compete at the level of some of the stuff that i see now um and that's that's the other thing is you know when this next one hits there's going to be a whole backlog of really good stuff that's going to hit the shelf and it's going to be mind blowing the Scary. kind of stuff because people have two years to just sit around and paint stuff and well, if they were planning ahead thinking that the golden demon was coming up. You're gonna yeah. see some pretty mind blowing stuff. So. I mean if you want to go even
2: further back, we have it's since two thousand thirteen that a golden demon has come to yeah. the United States. Yeah. So And Crystal Brush is gone. Yeah. Crystal Crystal Brush Brush is gone. Gone. yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of a lot of time, with a lot of painters yeah. <laughs> sitting around.
1: <laughs> Crystal Brush is interesting because, you know, with that monetary award, that brought all sorts of folks out of the woodwork. Yeah, I mean, that was that was really I looked at that and went, who no. Actually, you know, I was kinda of surprised that more of the Sort of historical big guns didn't come out for that um because of the the money that was involved i would have thought some of those guys that are really that were known in that sort of realm would have competed but again i think there's that arbitrary line between oh it's at a gaming convention right you know, i'm not going to a gaming convention sure you yeah. know but i but i i was kind of surprised that some of those guys and i think that might have been their intent when they did it was if we offer a prize award we'll get a bigger pool I think what they got was just a bunch of guys from Russia coming over. <laughs> you yeah. know? Got a lot of Europeans. Yeah, a lot of a lot Europeans, Europeans came over for that. So. Yeah. So, um, but it's all good. Yeah. And it,
0: it kind of, I mean, in retrospect, it, it kind of it kind of cannibalized itself, right? Because you had these big guns mm-hmm. that would travel from yeah. wherever they're from yeah. and here. And they'd come... And it, it almost, at least this is my interpretation of it, it discouraged yeah. other people from entering yeah. because this level was so incredibly right. high. Right. You weren't kind of cultivating the next generation. Exactly. Yeah. Um,
1: people just said, I can't compete against that. And then they didn't go. Yeah. I'd mm-hmm.
0: rather have twice as many models in there right. in the case and
1: just yeah. look at more cool stuff. Yeah. yeah.
2: It got to a weird place, too, where it was like, you had multiple people working on a single entry Mm -hmm. which i did not like so someone would sculpt it and someone else would paint it and then they would use the tournament cycle as a way to advertise the new release Mm -hmm. a very special kit Mm -hmm. And so that does feel kind of weird to me always. Yeah. So if, I, <laughs> yeah. if I ever ran a competition, I would make it a requirement that it was a sole creator. And if, if you found out that like it wasn't, you yeah. just eliminated immediately. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a bit of disingenuousness and, yeah. you know, it definitely should be like a sculptor that you then paint and then you win the award for yeah, the Yeah.
2: You know, um, but so you kind of touched on the question that I have, but mm-hmm. I'll I'll be more specific yeah. about it and also a little bit aggressive. Do you? <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> and, but okay, I'm in no way endorsing this thought, but I yeah. know that people that think this thought. Do you think this award in mm-hmm. 2002 mm-hmm. is less valuable than this award in 20,
1: 2022? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, yeah. No, because I would say the level of competition, that represents the level of competition in that year. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The award you win in 2022 represents the level of competition in 2022. Absolutely, um, I think they are equally as valuable given the the, the time in which they are set. I, like I said, I think the the skills I was competing against, the 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 uh, the methods, the ideology, all of that was the tools of, of a time, right? Yeah. yeah. And so and that's why I said I, I would be reluctant to compete now because I don't I, you know I haven't really kept up with it. Right. And the stuff I see online, you know, it's just some mind-blowing stuff and I just wonder how to, how do they do that? Yeah. Um so, you know, when I feel stumped, I'm like she's like, you know, what does the average person who just wants to enter for the first time, you know, think about some of the stuff that they're seeing? So no, I I don't think it's less valuable. Um I just think it's it's of a time. Yes
2: correct answer. Thank you. 10 out of 10. <laughs> I win. <laughs> I just know that that thought definitely floats around. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. It, and it comes from a place of jealousy. It comes from a place of, wow, well, you got it back when it was easy yeah. to get. It. And yeah. it's like fuck off, like whatever. Uh um, yeah, it wasn't easy it, at the time. It, it, yeah it, I mean, if
1: you look hundreds back of hours, on it. Right? Yeah. If you yeah. look back on it, The stuff we were doing then probably looks fairly simplistic and a little cartoony, I would say. And not in a bad way, just the style of painting. There was a lot of black lining that was happening. Um, There was a lot of dry brushing. Um, If you look at, uh, you know, some of the photos, the the colors were, you know, less muted and more vibrant a lot of times. Um, Things just had a... And even the sculpts of the miniatures were a little bit more... um, comical i don't want to use comical that's not the right there was word. humor there was yeah, humor yeah, there's in a the bit pieces. of humor but yeah. also there's an element of there's a real element of fantasy versus sure. um naturalism or realism in some of the right. more current sculpts that you see mm-hmm. um it was really these were really gaming pieces they yeah. weren't intended to be painted at a high level for a competition that's just what we did with them right um, interesting and, and so I, I think you know now you're seeing a, a darker more realistic style of miniature and so the painting often reflects that on those miniatures. These we were just having fun with, you know. Okay.
0: I, I think one thing too, I tried to put myself in the shoes from twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. You you have no access to YouTube of actual having tutorials. There was no internet. There was no um the most you had to learn how to get better was one um, you find somebody that's been doing it for a long time mm-hmm. and physically work underneath them, and that was, um, I, I, pardon me, I forget his name again. the The young man, Dylan. Yeah. Dylan. Yeah, he told me his story of how he got into how he got good. Yeah he he worked with bennett yes he worked with bennett he said he was like a a high level commission painter and competition painter and so imagine you're 15 14 years old Mm -hmm. and just learning from that yeah you were apprenticing to a master yeah he he, he was an apprentice the way he described it um and you otherwise like think of many hours it takes you to improve when you have no outside Mm -hmm. influence Mm -hmm. right you get maybe two pictures and two awkward paragraphs in a right. white dwarf article of how they painted yeah. this flag yep yeah yep. now f- decipher that and learn it yourself yeah. Yeah. um it's just a totally different age and so it feels like just like the information age we live in of speeding up faster and faster yeah. the our ability to absorb and learn from each other right. is is going faster and faster yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah
1: the stuff you guys do you know it's so helpful to to new people, I'm sure, you know, just the 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 tips that you're giving, the techniques mm-hmm. that you're sharing, even the paint review. I mean, all these things help consolidate your, you know, your process. And, and I'm always a little taken aback when I, you know, be on Facebook or something, reading something, and I'll see someone post something like, uh, you know, I want to paint this miniature, you know, post pictures of yours so I get inspired. Yeah. I'm like, or, you know, I, I want to use this color, but I don't know what it looks like. What should I do? Try it. That's yeah. what you should do. <laughs> yeah, Experiment. Yeah. <laughs> Practice.
2: That is a problem. You know, that yeah. and,
1: and so so it the internet sort of breeds a, a, a bit of a laziness, I think, yes. because people want the information at their fingertips rather than just, you know, try there's no there's no harm in failing. Try and fail. Yeah. Fail a bunch of times until you get good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and I don't mean that as a criticism, it's just that's that is a way that is also a way to learn versus someone just sort of handing you the answers or, you know, or telling you what they think is the best. That might not work for you. Yeah. But, you know, what you guys are doing is providing tips and hints and, and, and clues. And that's really helpful. But, you know, when people are just asking for an answer, that's, I, I find that a little little discouraging sometimes. I'm like, ah, oh, just just try it, man. Just put paint on the figure. Yeah. See what I, happens.
2: It comes from a place of, like, wanting to get all your ducks in a row before you start a thing. Yeah. So I have, like, the right tools, the right model, the right approach. I'm not going to ruin this model that I invested money into. That
1: there is an element of that. I mean, so models it's like, are expensive, right? So, yeah. I but can.
2: like you can repaint it, yeah. you know. And also, there's a we have a whole discussion about that, and it's not a in my head, it's not a good excuse. Um, but yeah, okay. So we're kind of coming to the end here. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say about what you have here? What you have on your uh, prepared?
1: No, no, I don't think so. I, I, I. I thank you for the opportunity to sort of talk about some of this stuff and sort of showcase where these, you know, where we come from. I think it's important to kind of know, you know, where this hobby sort of started. Yeah. And I don't think I represent the best of the hobby, but I, I think I, I can speak for it a little bit at yeah. that time. And, and, uh, and uh, like I said, there's a, there's a long history of, of hobby and miniatures and games in the twin cities area. And that might not mean a lot to folks outside of this area, but uh, who watch your show, but, but I think it's important. And I think that all, builds into you know how we learn from each other you know like i said you know instead of there was no internet but there was you know there was jim and jeff right we were you know kind of notching each other up so you know find a group of friends paint with your friends you know Mm -hmm. try things with each other you know, try to compete against each other. That's that's how you do it. You know, you don't need. And you can internet.
0: do it virtually. You don't absolutely. have to have a Jim and Jeff in your absolutely. neighborhood. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: And a lot of these groups online. That's what they're doing. You know, yeah. sharing photos of things that they've done, and you know, getting inspired by those things. So, right. yeah, it's it's one big hobby. Everybody in the pool.
0: I feel like I can officially anoint Don as mini painting Gandalf because <laughs> he nice. he is just. Do I have to wear the a, hat? A, a font. Yes. A font of wisdom. <laughs> wisdom. Calmness. Wisdom and, is what we lack. And understanding that these two little hobbits
1: <laughs> are going to be okay because we have Gandalf. Oh, that's, that's high priest. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, I'm not wearing the hat, though. <laughs> I'm not wearing the Gandalf hat. Oh, man. Well, I hope the goody Pee has got something Hey really He said it. He the goody said pee-pee's. it. God, it. God, God damn it, Don. Yes. So I, okay, but I have a question. So you got your good peepees, yep, and you got your d suckers, yep, yep, yep. How how you tell them apart? Uh, you can be both. It's oh, really okay. it's the both. willingness. It's, it's the
2: willingness of the participant. <laughs> okay, if you want to be a sprude or a spruette, or if you want to okay. be a d sucker, you right, want to
1: right, be a goody
0: right. peepee, okay. you get a
1: pick. All right, you know, I, right. just, I was a little confused about that. But yeah. yeah, it's check. It's
0: a it's a it's a check all that apply box. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. yeah. that's it. that's good way You can be
1: in every category.
0: Yes, got it. Awesome. We welcome you all in every category. We have another ad spot in today's episode, and this one's a little bit special. It comes to us by a good fan of the podcast by the name of Wesley, and Wesley wants us to learn about GiveWell, so he is helping us promote GiveWell today. Uh, Donating money can
2: be a wonderful, selfless act, but how can you feel confident in your donations are improving and saving lives in an effective way? You could do weeks of research to find charities that are out there, what programs they've run and how effective those programs are and how a charity might use your money, or you could just visit GiveWell. There, you'll get a short, vetted list of the best charities they've
0: found at saving and improving lives per dollar. GiveWell spends over 20,000 hours each year researching charitable organizations and only recommends the few highest-impact, evidence-backed charities they've found. GiveWell has
2: 15 staff researchers that have backgrounds in economics, biology, and philosophy,
0: spending over 20,000 hours each year looking for the best giving opportunities that will maximize donors' donations. What we're trying to say here is that it takes a lot of work to really figure out where the best place to spend our dollars to give, and GiveWell does that work for us. So We're ensuring that the money that we give are going to hit those people that need it the most and create the biggest impact.
2: Over 50,000 donors have donated $750 million using the GiveWell platform, and research suggests this is impacting tens of
0: thousands of lives and saving many more beyond that. And here's the best part. GiveWell is free. GiveWell wants to empower as many donors as possible to make informed decisions about their donations. They publish all of their research and recommendations on their site for free, no sign-up required. They allocate your tax-deductible donation to the charity you choose without taking a cent themselves. I support a child named Soul in Eastern Europe through World Visions. And
2: while they're not one of GiveWell's top places to donate to it was really cool to use the platform to see how world visions allocates their donation
0: dollars if you've never donated to a GiveWell recommended charity before you can have a donation matched up to 250 dollars before the end of the year as long as the matching funds last to claim your match go to givewell.org and make sure to put in trapped under plastic at checkout that way they know where you came from and can match your donation The Boston Globe calls GiveWell the gold standard for giving. And there's a lot of really amazing things that your dollars can go towards. For example, uh, to prevent malaria, it costs only $5 to give bed nets. And nets reduce mosquito bites, which cause malaria, so you can prevent a child from contracting malaria. Thank you
2: to Wesley for reaching out for this really cool sponsorship opportunity. He thought he could maximize his charitable donations this year by instead spending it on a sponsorship on this podcast to encourage sprudes and Spruettes all around the world to go and donate via using GiveWell. So the links are down in the description if you are interested in checking it out. Out of the news, the uh, first news item is Monty Savino happened recently, but it was a different kind of Monty it seemed like it was it
0: was it the full Monty
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay guys. <I> got that. <laughs> guys calm down this is a serious podcast right. no, re- no more references uh no I'm just kidding um there was 10 12 people there max and the whole event was live streamed mm-hmm. and the person producing the live stream was a friend of ours Vincenzo Celeste Miniatures Den from twitch.tv yeah um so yeah, that was really cool to see, and you can actually see all the vods. like twelve hour long vods, yeah. on a Twitch channel which we have linked below.
0: Yeah, so check out Miniatures Den to learn more about that on Twitch.
2: Yeah, uh, but that was kind of interesting. I didn't, I guess in uh, Italy was kind of one of the places I think of when, uh, like when I think of people that were affected a lot by COVID. Yeah, and I remember like seeing uh, a lot of a lot of pictures uh, in hospitals in Italy of people really suffering. Yeah, and so I was kind of, I was interested to see that they, they didn't feel comfortable to run their normal con because it's not a massive convention, MSS. Mm. It's kind of more of an intimate one. So do you, uh, what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, since their country early on was hit very hard with the pandemic, um, as far as that I've kind of kept track on on how it's going over there, that they're still very serious about it. And I think it's it's more of a preventative thing. Yeah. Um, and for international travel and stuff too, I don't know how much international travel is allowed right. into Italy right now even. So okay. that might be part of it. So, Don, you want to talk about uh, a news section, and I want you to talk about you talk about this crazy game where uh,
1: Michael Myers is coming after you, but that company has got another game coming. Yeah, up? they've got so it's Blackside Studios, and they've got uh, they just launched a, a pre order for a new game they have designed called Violent Dark, and it's it's listed as a cooperative sci fi horror miniatures game where the crew of a massive corporation ship takes on various threats from the galaxy. Oh, right. And their miniatures are all resin. They're really nice, done, nicely done miniatures. And uh, as I said, I think they, uh, they do a lot of MDF terrain. So they've designed this whole sort of like ship inside where you can, oh. yeah, and it's played on a two by two. Uh, it looks really cool okay so and the stuff that i've gotten from them for um for don't look back is is really top-notch so i you know i'd recommend this one yeah similar cool. to space hawk idea or no yeah, kind of okay. i think the crew are humans a little know. bit more alien little ridley, yeah, yeah, a ridley little, scott feel. yeah, yeah okay. a little more of that feel to it uh so the, the humanoid crew fighting against whatever shows up on the ship. So on the ship. Okay, look, so
2: you're not like killing things out in the galaxy? I don't there. think so. Okay, it it okay.
1: looks like it's it's what happens on the confines of the ship, but gotcha. I, I'm sure they'll expand. They do, do a real good job with expansions for other stuff too. So
0: I, I think Black Sight Studio needs to hire... A hobby Gandalf to be their <laughs> spokesperson because
1: he <laughs> seems to be? he seems
0: to sell this stuff really good. I'm I'm already envisioning <laughs> me playing these games and <laughs> I don't even know how the rules work. So. It's all about the story, right? yeah,
1: than the narrative.
0: All right, what is this Cult of Paint clarification here? Okay, so in our last episode, somebody, probably somebody named Scott, <laughs> said that uh, Cult of Paint was a subsidiary of Element Games. And we got a little um actually in the comment section by none other than Cult of Paint themselves, yeah, clarifying sure. that they are not a subsidiary of Element Games, um, but they do have like a partnership in regards to their uh, airbrushes. <laughs> what I take away from this is <laughs> there's nothing to take away. <laughs> little Andy Wardle knows we call him Little Andy Wardle <laughs> because <laughs> they comment. That means he knows! I'm so dead!
2: Yes, you are. <laughs> also, I didn't say they were a subsidiary. You did. Did I? No, yeah. I
0: didn't. <laughs> yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Let's you, check the, okay. the
2: tape. Really, let's just blame. Let's just blame. Blake. Yeah. What? Not Blake? Our Goblin Rider, bro. James. Oh, who oh, right. was the
0: Goblin Rider? <laughs> the
2: Goblin Rider. Oh, yeah. I forgot it was him. About he's not he. here right now, so we can blame
1: it's him. It's always the he, intern's fault. He, yeah. Yeah.
0: He's yeah. He's, he's not, not on intern. set with the rest he's of the crew the today, so we can blame yeah, James. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see him
1: in the green room earlier, so I'm not sure where he was today. Yeah. so okay
2: he he had it there and i watched the episode and you wrote read it off but it was whatever yeah we got corrected and, and we were wrong okay. sorry so yes paint. Me, sorry me culpa. They, they watch and they know and yes we are dead
0: <laughs> i will assume that it was henry that wrote it because the way i read it in my head was henry's voice when yeah, i read that comment yeah. so I, um but either way
1: i'm in trouble so the takeaway from this is when you say stuff on here, it goes out on the internet. Yeah. And yeah. other people see it. Yeah. So you got to be careful what you say. Yeah, right. My
0: brain usually doesn't compute. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. We Definitely.
1: often forget that fact. Yeah it, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it can
2: happen. Yeah. All right. DD hard plastic minis on sprue. I saw this. I what? saw Goobs. Goobs was showing these off, I think, in, nice. a, in a recent video.
0: Yeah. I got. Is that them? This is them. Oh, nice. I got this. My buddy Joshy gave this to me because he got it from for uh, uh, free RPG day. And I didn't realize until I saw Goobs' video the other day that you could just contact Wits kids and, you know, they maybe send you some to show off in a video. But way to go on you, Goobs. Um, my takeaway on this, one from watching Goobs' video and having these in hand myself, the quality is legit. Yeah, no kidding. Like, they're really crisp.
1: Yeah, the detail's nice. Um,
0: And you get a bunch of bits with it. You get multiple heads in the things, get multiple hands. You get all these extra things that can go on basing. One cool thing that I saw on the website, because I checked their site to see how the update was. If you buy like a box that's got skeletons in it, Mm -hmm. and say it's got five skeletons in it, there's these little things that can go on bases, and they call it, it's their way of numbering things. So one of them will be a little bit that goes in the base that's got one arrow in it. Another one will be a bit that's got two arrows in it. The Mm -hmm. next one's got three arrows in it, all, like, naturally pushed into the ground. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? And then I thought about it. When you're playing a game in Dungeons & Dragons, you're playing a war game, whatever, and there's five skeletons, which one are you attacking? Which one has been damaged? Whatever. Mm. It's a Uh, way for you to, like, subtly keep track track, of who is who. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, man, that is really smart.
1: Very innovative. Um,
0: Pricing on these. I saw the pricing for an individual like hero character was like 15 bucks for a slightly bigger one was 25 and they go all the way up to like a hundred for a big Baylor model. Yeah. Um, They have multi like multi-kit boxes that are between 35 and 50. So they're not that far off from Games Workshop, although I would say like a single figure in Games Workshop is like 35. That's a pretty big thing, but they're not, they're not cheap, but I think the quality kind of makes it that price, not that. So this is like a this is like a Hansel and Gretel like witch because I see like the gingerbread looks like men like and
1: Baba like... Yaga or something. Yeah, really she's really sort of
0: she's a night hag in okay, Dungeons yeah, the dragon's yeah. terms, but yes, she's very much the a Hansel and Gretel now, witch.
1: S- scale wise, these this looks a little big. Yeah, I'm it does. not sure if she's a standard humanoid or if she's larger than that, but she looks. I mean, this is on the upper bounds of 32 millimeters. Yeah, like
0: so so yeah, so night hags are a little bit bigger. Oh, they are bigger. Okay. Yeah, they're like, I think in the lore <laughs> not
1: uh, back to that <laughs> nice back to the lore
0: uh i think they're roughly eight feet tall
1: oh okay well, so then that makes sense they're big yeah, they're there big we
0: go. um yeah. but yeah like the heroes from i watched Goob's video they feel like roughly age sigmar size okay. a little bit smaller yeah um but yeah not too
1: much. scale creep is a thing uh, you know yeah. I mean, everything just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger um yeah
0: well, like when i think of this Awesome yeah. chaos dude, and yeah. I think of like the right. He's a classic version, yeah, it would be
1: twice the size. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're, they're enormous huge. now. Yeah, so this
0: is
2: significant with D and D because all their previous miniature offerings were pre-built mm-hmm. and sometimes pre-painted. Yeah. So now, now we've reached a level of like, okay, now you got to clip the shit out and, and clean it off and 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 glue it and prime it before you even get to painting. And so I'm curious how their audience is going to is going to take that. I fe- I thought I
0: remember hearing from various stores that the pre-painted and pre-assembled miles sell like crazy. Yeah. yeah, pre-painted D&D stuff because you can uh you can get stuff ready for the table mm-hmm. with just going and spending 30 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. I think to me the biggest exciting thing about this is from the character perspective that this is a character I'm going to be playing for months or years mm-hmm. or whatever. And so when I buy the elf ranger, it's got four different heads. It's got four or five different uh, weapon swap options. It's got some slight change in pose. like So you actually, the way you wanted to to play your character, um, you can buy that one kit and you can have it look like that. Yeah. Which is really cool. Instead of you buy a thing, it looks exactly like that thing. Everybody's looks that way. Right.
1: I'm with you, Scott. I, I don't know how their audience will receive this because I think a lot of D&D players, like you said, just want to get stuff on the table. Mm-hmm. But you know, this sort of pushes into the realm of uh, you know the D and D hobbyists. I don't know if that's a small, slightly smaller market, but these these are legit. I mean, yeah. maybe this, maybe these are you know attractive to collectors too. Yeah. And yeah, give you a chance to to do something.
2: Yeah. So, do you know yeah. if they're going to continue
0: selling pre-painted, pre-assembled stuff, or is this replacing all of it? No. It's it's it looks like it's specifically enough of a gap between their mm-hmm. other things yeah. that. Um, they're trying to hit a different kind of target market for. Yeah, it.
1: I wouldn't think they'd get rid of the pre-paints or the or the you know, just yeah. the, the resin stuff that's not painted. Yeah, the pre-primed. That's yeah, the all. Pre-primed.
2: That's all our news for today. All right, welcome to the end of the podcast. Thank you for sticking around the entire time, Don. Thank you for being here. Hey.
1: Thanks, guys. I really had fun. Absolutely, so it was great. It's, Thank yeah, you for having me. If people want to find you on the internet, is there somewhere to look? Well, as I mentioned, I have two poorly maintained Instagram accounts. Uh, you can put the links <laughs> below if you want. Sure, but it's we will. Co- it's At Colorful Soldiers, Colorful is spelled with an O-U, as in the British spelling. Oh, very fancy. And also at Colored Soldiers, which is where I started my historical, I was going to do a historical, it didn't work out. Anyway, (laughs) those are my two Instagram accounts. They're very poorly maintained. You can see some of my stuff. I'll throw these up there. I don't think these are up there. Uh, so I'll throw the the diorama up there for some people want to get a closer look There's
0: at There's going to be a lot of goody peepees now following you, so you better. <laughs> you think so? You have to
1: really. They're going really <laughs> to crank it Disappointed. Crank it up at my rate of uh, at my rate of production. Go for, <laughs> go really for, disappointed.
0: Go for once a week. I think once a week you can throw up one picture. I think that that's. that's we'll see where it goes. What I I'm fi- inspired. What I Actually, find is the, that if I give myself that reasonable expectation, and I encourage all goody peepees to do the same. If I share somewhere out uh, in the universe once a week something i have painted it kind of tells me like in my brain my hobby and am i keeping this up on, you know up to date on this and you know it, it makes me feel like i'll accomplish more if i've got to share it
1: i'll shoot for it you can do it they're still gonna be disappointed
0: hobby <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gandalf doesn't have time for photography he's he's
2: into it <laughs> yeah. he just
1: talks about lore
2: that's it <laughs> That's gonna be all of his Instagram stories, just talking about lore. Yeah. <laughs>
1: We're
2: just, gonna post pictures of lore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, He'll
0: just God. be writing, oh, just, all. No. just his finger pointing yep, to, a paragraph, pointing to yeah. a
1: paragraph in the book. That's it. <laughs>
2: If you guys like the podcast and you wanna support it, there are a number of ways to do it. You can support us on Patreon, which gets you access to an extended episode that Don was on. We talk about uh models we've seen from other painters that we enjoy. Talk about techniques that we have uh tried and experimented with in the last two weeks, and we also give feedback to one of our patrons. So as a patron, you can supply your models for us to give feedback to, and you also give us topic ideas. Yes. Yeah. So all those things, uh, if you're not interested in spending your dollars, you can watch our free episodes on YouTube with ads disabled. Uh, We run an ad every 30 minutes. You can give us a rating on uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or you can tell your nerd friends about us. All, all, All forms of support. We love them all.
0: And since the holiday season is upon us, if you want to give yourself a gift or you want to give another nerd person that you care about a gift, you can consider getting them a Trapped Under Plastic shirt. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah, shirt. yeah you can know, get
0: the new Goody PP Destroyer Attendees shirt, which is hot. Gotta yeah. have it. All right. It's you hide it for Christmas. You gotta say flippity flop. All right. You ready?
1: What are we doing? So flippity I'm flop. I'm going to say,
2: we'll catch you on oh, the. Right. And you say flippity flop. Okay. You ready? All right. All right. We'll catch you on the flippity flop.